Hello and welcome to The Conversation. I'm Heil Russell. And I'm Jeff Onan. Merry Christmas, Jeff. Happy Holidays. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's not what I expect you to say to me. I know, it feels it feels awful, doesn't it? No, I am I, I, wishing you, uh, you know, a magical, uh, you know, Christmas time. Because uh, we're going to be discussing Sea of Thieves Season 5 today. Which was ostensibly the December holiday update uh, for the, you know for the for the winter holidays, uh, and I know what some of you are thinking. If you don't actually play Sea of Thieves, you're like, "Wow, the conversation! You are really behind in you know your episodes that you're just getting around to discussing what went on uh, at, at the Christmas time in Sea of Thieves." And to that, I say, "No, actually, uh, Sea of Thieves season five launched." that time and it had all all of these relevant you know like cosmetics and tie-ins and holiday events but it's actually wrapping up this week so we are not behind in fact we are ahead we are ahead of our normal schedule here uh it's it just just a bit weird to sit down and and discuss this when i do heavily associate this with the winter holidays. I mean, my uh, my pirate on the key art for this episode on YouTube and SoundCloud is, is dressed like a nutcracker. Um, and, and Pepito Kong, my monkey sidekick, is is also dressed like an asshole. So I, I just, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I guess we're going to have to be dipping back into those uh, late December vibes when we put all that to bed in our lives a long time ago. I say that, but I still have Christmas decorations up because I just can't be bothered to take them down. Well, it's nice, too, because if you keep the decorations out a little longer, then, say, for example, you have a nut that needs cracking, and you don't have to go up into your attic to find your Christmas nutcracker because you have one handy uh, for cracking nuts. It was- which I'm kind of surprised that those are so seasonal, since I would like to have a delicious nut any time of year. It was great to have my nutcrackers on display until about two weeks ago. And now it just looks like I'm one of those cranks who are trying to show solidarity with Russia. So, you know, I don't know. I sh- should have thought that through uh, when I decided to leave everything up until March. But here we are. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, before we get started, really quick, uh, just wanted to give two quick plugs. We got Twitch, we got DK Vine on Twitch, dkvine.com forward slash Twitch or twitch.tv forward slash DK Vine. So if you want to see what we're going to discuss on the next Sea of Thieves episode, Sea of Thieves season six, these quarterly updates we give, you could just watch us have these adventures, these experiences live on our Twitch channel every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. GMT. We got uh, DK Vine Stream of Thieves on our Twitch channel. We we go on roughly three to six hour adventures every Sunday if the servers let us, which we'll get into. But uh, yeah, that that's where like we really experience all this in real time, more or less. 
And Jeff, you're usually on those. Cameron's usually on those. And we usually have a rotating fourth crew member from the staff or the community. So uh, it's a good time. You, You can check it out. You can see the magic as it unfolds on our Twitch channel. Yeah, you can watch me gradually get crankier and crankier (laughs) as the Sunday afternoon drags on. Yeah, I know. I'm like, wow, Jeff's not having a good time. It's getting awkward now. Oh, um, and and then, you know, uh, we we try to, like, break the tension by by telling jokes, and then the jokes get old around hour four, and and we all just want to die a little bit on Oh, yeah, you definitely need to show up at the start of a stream because by... By two hours in, the jokes are no longer comprehensible. No, you need to you need to watch them evolve in real time. Yes, because usually there's a theme, and, and it's it's like um, Pee Wee. Every joke we tell is just a turducken of jokes. It's, it's like, just nonsense. It's like watching Pee Wee's Playhouse, which I know you like to do, Jeff. You have to watch from the beginning so you know what the secret word is, or else you don't know oh. when to scream. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to look like some kind of asshole not screaming at the secret word on PB's Playhouse. So so tune in to Stream of Thieves on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, if you're intrigued by what you see and you want to keep up with Sea of Thieves news as it happens, then you point your browsers or your, your mobile browsers or, or whatever you point things to these days to Golden Sands blog post. Jeff, what is Golden Sands blog post? Thanks for asking. Yeah, so Golden Bland... Gold, uh, <laughs> all right, let's scrap the whole thing. This is... Golden Sands blog post is a blog about Sea of Thieves. I run it with my friend Dre. And, our friend uh, Dre. We, you can't, you our, can't our just friend. claim well, Dre. I found Dre in the gutter and brought them into this into this community. <laughs> and I can put them back where I found them. Uh, yeah, you, you've thrown me off. Uh, we, we talk about Sea of Thieves in that blog. Uh, if you need to keep up with what's going on, if you want to find uh, guides to the latest content, how do I complete the latest challenges, what's time limited, when are there Twitch drops, what's going on, What what is Sea of Thieves, all of that and less can be answered on our blog, which you can find at medium.com slash golden hyphen sands hyphen blog post uh, or... Uh, there's a, there's a DK Vine hyperlink, I think as well. DKVine.com forward slash Golden Sands blog post. No, no. Also Twitter. No hyphens. Yeah. Twitter's easier too. It's at Golden Sands blog. You find it on Twitter and you can get linked to the blog and you can re- you can read my tweets. I tweet there. Um, there's also just yeah, a link on DK Vine. If you go to DKVine.com and then under friends, it's one of our or friends. They- if you were to use any kind of search engine software like a Google <laughs> and just type in Golden Sands blog post, it'd probably come up that way. I like how this has just evolved in us trying to explain the internet to our grandparents. <laughs> well, if they don't know the internet, they probably haven't made it as far as listening to this episode. So, Now, if this is somebody's introduction to the internet, I, I don't know how it happened. But, I mean, if they got this far, I think they should be able to find Golden Sands blog post without us. But, you know. And if you want to view Golden Sands blog post on TikTok, uh, you can't. So don't, don't try TikTok. Yeah. But all, all those other ones are, are a yes. There every, we go. Every time I'm like, well, maybe should DK Vine should, you know, 
stake a claim on TikTok, and then I'm just like, I'm too tired. I, I can't. But if DK Vine didn't get onto Vine when when Vine was around, then we're definitely not going to get onto TikTok. No, we we drove Vine out of business. We were like, there can only be one, and um, people people kept going to their favorite search engines and trying to find Vine, but they kept getting sent to DK Vine and then being drove crazy. Yeah, when when uh <laughs> when I uh went to the UK to uh visit Rare the other the other year, like half a decade ago at this point. Um the the driver who picked me up at the airport, um you know, they had the little little placard that said like DK Vine. And um he he asked me when I I I met up with him. He was like, "So, your your site is that like a Vine thing?" And I was like, "No, it's a Donkey Kong thing." And then he was like, I'm going to go get a coffee. And I was like, all right. So that's that's when the driver puts up that little window in between <laughs> the front and back and just closes that thing. <laughs> Joke's on him because I totally vomited in his uh, his little town car there. So that's true. I've yeah. heard this story. You yeah. did do that. Speaking of Steve from off of Rare Gamer, I have a couple interesting bits I need to bring up before we get into the Sea of Thieves season five discussion pertaining to the previous episode of the conversation where I discussed Saber Wolf. For the Game Boy Advance with uh, our our friend Dustin, so you see, I, I didn't claim Dustin there. I said I I, I, I claim Dustin. Uh, That's another one of mine. <laughs> Greedy little gobbler here. So uh, I, I have a small correction I need to make because this has been haunting me for a week. So I said that the golem, the uh, creature from Jewish folklore, and Gollum, the withered ring loving mutant from off of lord of the rings uh were spelled the same and of course they're not spelled the same and i realized that pretty much as soon as i said it but then the conversation just took us away from it and i couldn't get back to it so uh apologies i'm not an idiot uh i know the difference between golems and Gollum. And I just want to apologize to the estate of J.R.R. Tolkien and um, a- any um, a- any offended rabbis who might have been listening. I don't know who I might have offended with that or just pissed off. And I just want to say I am sorry all around. Apologies. I do know the difference. Also, uh, interesting bit of continuity that I want to bring up here because this I didn't know Dustin didn't know, but it came up. Uh, we were discussing where Saberwolf GBA took place in regards to the rare archipelago. And we, you know, we had our theories and we broke it down in relation to like Hailfire peaks where Saberman is uh, in Banjo Tui. And then, uh, you know, he, he's still hanging around the Isle of Hags and Banjo pilot. So, uh, I suggested, you know, we don't have a name for this landmass that the game takes place in, but since all of the world names are based on games made by Ultimate Play the Game, the predecessor to Rare, I said maybe we call it Ultimate Island. And then Steve from off a of Rare Gamer sent me a, a Twitter DM. He slid right in there as he's wont to do, and he said, actually, Heil, uh, this has already been explained by Tim Stamper. From off of Rare, uh, one of the co-founder of Rare and Ultimate Play of the Game, because uh, at the at the end of the Spectrum's life, they released a compilation called Ultimate Play of the Game: The Collected Works, 
And in this bundle, they had a map drawn by Tim Stamper that established that uh, the Saberman games and some other ones take place on this landmass called Ultimatum. And there, there's a map on there. You can find this at Rare Gamer, by the way. You can also find Rare Gamer under our, the Friends tab right next to Golden Sands blog post. But anyway, Ultimatum. Or, yeah. Or a search engine. Or, or a uh, search engine. Yeah, or yeah, just Twitter. But yeah, uh, Ultimatum. So we were close, but it actually has been answered by the stampers themselves. So very interesting. Thank you, Steve. So if you were trying to make like a, a Saber Wolf GBA themed rap song and you couldn't figure out what to rhyme with Channing Tatum, now you have your answer. And also, I, I really hope Channing Tatum plays Saberman in the inevitable. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we're going to have a Mario movie and the rumors say we're going to have a Donkey Kong movie after that. So that will naturally lead to the Diddy Kong Racing movie, which will give us the Banjo-Kazooie movie, which will then give us the Saber Wolf movie. So, yeah, yeah, and the wolf is played by Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably that's the that's the way they like. Ah, oh, oh, who do the kids like these days? We'll get we'll get them in there. Do we do we want to cast them? No, no, <laughs> whatever. It, we don't care if this is garbage. So, Heil. So, Jeff. Uh, I'm getting sleepy because we we haven't talked about Sea of Thieves yet. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you get sleepy when we do talk about Sea of Thieves. I can't. Win. I'm always sleepy. I'm like a little bear. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I just pictured you as a little bear, and I wanted to scratch your stomach. Uh, sea of Thieves season five. So, uh, God, this feels like we've been in season five forever now. Like I, I, I really feel like because it launched like. What, was it mid-December? It was close. It launched like December, I think early, maybe like December 3rd or something. Was it? Because I, I remember as as we were trying to unlock the seasonally appropriate cosmetics, we were like, oh, I, we really want to get through this season fast because we want to have all this stuff usable, you know, for the holidays. Because I think it was an early Hanukkah this year. So it was basically, you know, Christmas and Kwanzaa and then New Year. But you know, you you don't want to be running around with the snow globe lantern uh, in early March because you just look like an asshole again, you know? Yeah, I just looked it up. And so it did launch on December 2nd. Jeez. All right. Wow. So it has been three months of... So that would make it on the long side for seasons. I know that we always say that a season of Sea of Thieves is roughly three months. Yeah. But so far, none of them have actually been this mm-hmm. one is going to come out to be three months and a week or yeah. so. Uh, yeah. So it's been a, it's been a long one. It's been a bit of a long one. It has. And that's why I, I have all of this disconnect because I, I think back, it, it feels like there are different um, eras within this season. And, and in a certain sense, that's <laughs> true because when the season launched, that was before we had this new, um, kind of game plan revealed to the world where how Sea of Thieves would be operating in 2022 and beyond. And so the tail end of this season kind of gave us our first taste of that. So it, it just, um, it, it it's a weird season that encompasses almost two different eras of Sea of Thieves, but I will let you elaborate no, it's on It's a that. transition. I, I think of this season as a transition to the next era of Sea of Thieves 
And I I wrote down what I think all the eras of Sea of Thieves are. Now I don't remember what they are. <laughs> but I think I think we're in era five or six of of Sea of Thieves now. And um but yeah, so basically kind of season four was a bit of uh the aftermath of what happened in season three, of course. That was the Pirates of the Caribbean crossover, the big, big, huge, uh, you know, money shot moment. And season four was a bit of aftermath of that with more stuff involving the sirens and stuff like that. And now season five is a little bit like, okay, well, we're done with that. The, Mm. The Pirates of the Caribbean thing happened and now things are back to normal and ramping up to the next story we're gonna tell. Um, and so season five also, unlike other seasons, it didn't really have a large central new gameplay thing to kind of hang its hat on. It was all about a collection of little things, especially uh, tools, just tools you can use in regular gameplay instead of a new kind of activity to go out and do. It's more like little things that are going to affect all activities as you go out in the world and little ways to have fun it reminds me of shrouded spoils back when they were um introducing these new things through these kind of events and what what became like the build rat adventures and those updates would be reflected in in those tabs there and we had shrouded spoils which i think was like the fourth one but it was mostly a lower key one there was no big adversary or event or threat it was just uh, a lot of little improvements and tweaks and additions, stuff they've been wanting to add but haven't gotten around to it, uh, kind of all comes at once. Quality of life yeah, improvements. Actually, so the, the subtitle to the season was Buried Treasures. Yeah. Uh, which is another kind of title right in that same vein, Shrouded Spoils, the little things. I, I know that when Shrouded Spoils came out, they said uh, a working title that they didn't go with was calling it pieces of great uh which i wish they would have used here uh because it is it's a little pieces of great things uh, oh i get it oh, i hate it's it it's like pieces of eight. Oh, yeah. yeah you hate it yeah <laughs> that's why i love it um yeah so i mean we don't we're not gonna dwell on all of these and really you know break down everything but um here's a, some of the things and you can kind of just stop me and and uh elaborate when you when you want to talk about a specific one yeah um but some of the features they added uh they added the ability to sit down in (laughs) in like chairs stools uh you know uh cliff tops that are overlooking the sunset uh sit down at the edge of the dock and dangle your feet Mm. uh sit down on the rails of the ship and dangle your feet uh it's a lot of feet dangling um yeah, and it's 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 really pointless, but it's great for like role playing. It's great for just getting that perfect picture, like because uh, sometimes you don't want your pirate to be standing when you're trying to snap the perfect uh, screenshot, or you're you're trying to convey something in in the world in universe without you know using. Uh, voice chat so you know it's it's helpful in that regard it's an immersion thing more than anything else yeah and and in the same vein there's uh not just sitting down on chairs but sleeping in beds yeah cots which actually does have a little bit of a gameplay purpose 
uh, because you can replenish your health while sleeping. Um, it's it's really slow, and I don't care about just like eating some banana. Like, if you really don't want to eat your fruit, then you can sleep in the bed. But chances are, if you sleep in the bed, someone's going to come up and vomit on you because you're leaving yourself pretty defenseless and your crew are a bunch of fucking hooligans. <laughs> so some, you know, they're going to wait for you to wake up and then splash vomit right in your face. That's at least that's what my crew always does. I know Cameron. Oh, that's that's Cameron's thing is let me get a bucket of vomit. And um, yeah, I think that Cameron you. gets Cameron gets upset when we get attacked. And I think it's not because we're being attacked. It's because, oh, you mean I have to dump the the vomit out of my bucket and bail water yeah i've been saving this vomit you know yeah yeah i think cameron would would have a much better time when we play these uh go on these adventures if you know they would introduce in the next quality of life improvement in pieces of great they would introduce a separate vomit receptacle so you could just save it you know let it let it or get- like a Either water barrel on the ship, but it's a vomit barrel. And yeah. You just pump vomit. And the great thing is then it could get to room temperature, which somehow makes it worse than if it's, you know, warm. Oh. Uh, but speaking of bucketing out the hole, uh, there are now rats. Yeah. In the hole. Rats that uh, act as sort of a visual indicator that if you're taken on water, rats will start to run up the steps and, and flee from the bottom hole. And uh, that's just kind of a nice little thing. It doesn't really do anything, but it's nice. This, Unless you don't like rats, then you don't want it, and you can turn that off in the menu. You know, ship rats are such a large part of the the iconography, the mythos of you know pirates and this era of nautical exploration. But you literally, you literally can't spell pirate without rat. Yeah, that's true. You can look that up on Google. Anyway, uh, rats are, like, something they've been wanting to add to the game since the very start. Like, they've been talking about, oh, you know, wouldn't it be nice if, you know, one of the little indicators is, like, rats running up your ship when you're taking on water. That way, if you're preoccupied and you can't hear, you know, oh, that you breached the hole, you'll be able to visually see the rats are coming or or whatever. You know, there there are a lot of like telltale signs to say, hey, we're taking on water, but this is just another one. And, you know, it's been something they've talked about since at least 2016. And they finally got around to it, which is great. It's great that some of these early ideas are still being worked into the game. Yeah, it's just a little immersion thing. I like the immersion. I mean, same thing with being able to sit in the chairs or sleep in the cots. A lot of it is just furthering the immersion. Um, so then there was uh, there's dice rolling emotes. So you could use these emotes to roll uh, dice if you wanted to, you know, maybe use the dice uh, to play games or whatever. And I think one of the cool things with it is that they they could have just put in, you know, six-sided dice and just left it at that. Uh, but no, they put in like, uh, six different kinds of dice. So you have your, your D4, D6, D8, D10, and D20, or maybe there's a D12 in there. I don't remember, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you've got all the dice you might want. You could, in theory, run an entire role-playing game campaign, uh, in Sea of Thieves, uh, which is cool. The uh, the the only thing, the only requirement, though, is that for to successfully do that, the textures have to load. 
because uh <laughs> when when I first got the the emote and uh was trying to you know roll the d20 which is a, a commendation in the game uh my textures weren't loading so I had no way of knowing uh what what was actually happening so I had to rely on my crew to tell me what I was rolling well maybe they'll fix that or you can just upgrade your Xbox yeah oh, okay <laughs> um, yeah let me let me find uh an Xbox series X I'll, I'll, I'll easy anyway uh i'm skipping over one here we'll come back to is kind of a big one but uh there were they added cannon robots so now you know we've we've had the robots before and we've had the robots that had the harpoon uh gun mounted on them now we have robots with a little cannon mounted on them Mm -hmm. so now you really truly could go like fully rogue out on the seas with a robo and get into combat without needing a ship at all. Um, so, I mean, maybe that's exciting for the Briegel, for the Red Crested Briegel players in yeah. the world, our, our good friend. Um, I personally haven't had, like, almost any experience with the cannon robots. I don't think I've barely seen any. Um, yeah, like, I, I, I know, and I this might have been the few times this season you didn't uh, play with us, but I remember we did get the cannon rowboat a few times, and um, we, we didn't really, like, take it out on any mischief or mayhem. We just kept it docked on the back of the galleon, but we would then use the cannon um, on the back for various things, mostly just trying to get the commendations attached to, like, you know... F- firing out a ship, firing out a megalodon or, or whatever with the cannon rowboat. So, um, and it's, but it is, it's interesting if, if, if a sloop normally has one cannon mounted on each side, mm-hmm. but if you mount the cannon rowboat, you in theory could have two cannons on each side or on, on one of the sides. And then you have two players on a, a sloop. So now both players could be firing cannons at once. It's, yeah, the, the only uh, problem with that is that the cannon rowboat has a slightly different arc um, with the cannonballs than the sloop does, which the sloop has a different one than the brigantine does, which has a different one than the galleon does. So you have to get good at it. And it, it jumping between the two, your ship cannons and the rowboat cannons, uh, can take a lot of time to get used to and good at. And you have to have practice and, you know, so... But it, so it's not just like this huge game breaking addition where now everybody's going to have an advantage if they have a cannon rowboat. Not necessarily, um, but it can no, definitely but it's, be it's used a neat to your little advantage. thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a neat thing. Um, and uh, so we've got there was this one. It, it really is a huge quality of life thing, but I think it's kind of undersung. Is the the ability to transfer resources from crate to barrel, barrel to crate. Uh, with the press of a single button, yeah, the fast transfer. So this, it, to me, is just one of the big biggest things this season because it really makes gathering resources at the start of your session um, that much faster when you can grab an empty storage crate and just run around the outpost and fill every barrel. Or at the end of session when you've got some empty crates and you want to fill them up really quick and then sell them off, you're like, okay, well, I, I, I don't want to transfer 50 bananas into this thing uh, by hand five at a time yeah like that take you know instead you just press the uh y button and hold it down and you take all the bananas and you go it goes it like sucks it up it doesn't actually make that sound but i make that sound that would be great if it made that sound um yeah but, but then then you'd have a huge spikes uh with perverts playing the game 
Yeah, we're not trying to attract that audience, but yeah, you know, we, sometimes things like that can't be helped. We don't want to put any more strain on the servers, I guess. I I, <laughs> I didn't start using this feature until late in the season. I think it's just one of those things where I am so ingrained in how I play and the rituals every time, you know, you get into the game. And so it, I didn't like start realizing, oh, hey, I can just do this now. Oh, hey, I can just do this now. And it's really helpful now to buy that empty storage crate from the merchants at the, on the dock at every outpost, um, where before that would be the one thing you may not buy for them if you're buying resources. It's like, no, just get that empty storage crate and run around the outpost to all the barrels, get everything you can in there. And, you know, you don't even know what you're grabbing from the resource barrels. You're, you know, you're just filling it up. And then when you get back to the ship, you can take a look at what you got. It's like, it's like Christmas morning. And so it was apropos that they added it this yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, there was also uh, a really fun fan favorite addition is the fireworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they had the signal flares, which are kind of in the same vein. But signal flares are like. You can put a little flare in the cannon, shoot it up into the sky, and light things up with a flare, uh, which I really didn't realize the potential for these until late in the season um, when I had two experiences with it. One, I actually used it to signal another crew. Uh, when we'll, we'll talk more later on in the episode about, um, but there was a moment in the season where some of the islands are shrouded in fog. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a green ghostly fog and so i'm at an island and i thought i heard a cannon fire and so i think there's another ship around but i can't see in the fog and so i, I sent up the signal flare and then lo and behold on the other side of the island they shot up a signal flare and they were like yeah i'm here too and it, that was so cool to me um the other cool thing with them is that uh just visually, I, I didn't realize this until late in the season, but when they light up an island at night, if you send one of those white or red flares above an island and it's nighttime, they're so bright and they illuminate everything. And it is just the coolest thing. I've gotten some cool screenshots uh, with it, but it's just like a the atmosphere of just like this white light casting light down. Uh, it's really cool. But I think that the bigger fan favorite thing in this is the fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fireworks, it, it's purely a fun thing, like a little festive thing. And I've had a few encounters now uh, where a, another a player ship will be passing by and you're like, you know, everybody gets into defensive mode. We don't know what they're going to do. We might not want to start anything with them. You know, usually... The way we play the game, uh, I say we, uh, including you in it when you're playing with us, but I know when you play by yourself or with others, you may play differently. But generally, I don't. we don't pick fights. You know, we only go on the defensive when we get attacked. And then, you know, then sure, all's fair in war. But um, so when a player sh- ship is passing near, like we're we're we get ready to fight if we have to, but we don't want to fight. We'd rather ally with them, whatever. And so a couple times now uh, a ship has passed by and they've just launched fireworks as a way to show like, hey, we're friendly, we're silly, we're just here for a good time, we mean you no harm. And, and then that, you know, true, they can they can then, you know, attack us, get our guards down, but I think in the times it's happened, it's been, okay, they're cool, and in fact, they were so. 
it's just one of those nonverbal ways to communicate your intention. If you go all the way back to the beginning of the game, you know, before they even had flags or the alliance system, you know, you're passing by another crew. And what do they do to show that they're friendly? Maybe they aim all their cannons up at the sky or maybe they stand on the deck flashing their lanterns on and off. And, and these little ways that they have to non-verbally kind of say, hey, I see you. I'm not doing anything harmful. Yeah. Um, then they added the flag system and they, you know, they put up the white flag. But then later they added the alliance system and it's like uh, and the speaking trumpet also came later. So you're like, OK, uh, they can get on the speaking trumpet and tell you I'm friendly. Let's form an alliance. It, um, it feels like all the little individual ways they introduced to like convey intent in the game were never universally adopted by players. So it's good that we now have as many possibilities in there as you can think of, because yeah, I mean the, the whole, like let's, let's raise our cannons um, all the way up to show we, we aren't hostile. Uh, most people didn't do that. <laughs> so. I feel like that was a short lived uh, thing that a lot of people were doing. And then, everyone stopped doing because it does leave you defenseless if they, yeah, if right. like if you're trying to be but but now you've got the firework like if, if i'm passing a ship in the night and they throw up a firework into the sky that is shaped like a banana i'm we're friends now yeah like i'm not i'm not gonna attack you we're cool yeah um it doesn't matter what's going on like we're cool so yeah the fireworks are just a a, a, a cool thing there's they come in different, you know, you could cast different shapes in the sky or some of them are just like more traditional, what you expect of a firework, just uh, pops and explosions and sizzles and fizzles and um, whiz bang woos and all that business. So uh, they're just great fun. A lot, of, a lot of fun with the fireworks. And it's a good way to end your session if you've just found found some fireworks along the way. You find them washed up on a beach and then you're, you're ready to log off for the day. But you're just like, hey, I'm just going to fire off a bunch of fireworks. And we'll just kind of go, ooh, ah. And and again, you can buy fireworks from the merchants. So if you are doing something like silly in the game, you know, um, if, if you're if you're making your own narrative, if you're trying to pull something off that utilizes fireworks, you can. If just it's buy your them birthday, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, they they give you lots of options, but you can just find them naturally through gameplay and. Um, that's usually what we end up doing is we just procure them as we go. Yeah. So another thing, uh, one of the last main things we'll talk about, uh, they did go around and make some tweaks on specific islands in terms of the geometry, adding in some new ladders and pathways and even interactable things like platforms and like uh, elevators on a couple of the biggest islands, so like Plunder Valley, or uh, yeah, Plunder Valley, uh, Th- Thieves Haven is the really the kind of notable one because uh, they added two big elevators that you can, you know, if you're on the top of the island, you know, Thieves Haven has that giant uh, top side and then the interior that you can kind of sail through. Yeah, uh, I call it parking in the garage, um, but you can load all your treasure on like a little platform and then use the pulleys to lower the treasure down to the ground. Um, it's not, it, 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 there's a little bit of utility to that. It's a little bit more convenient, but for the most part, it's just kind of fun. It's just kind of a neat thing. 
My thing um, is Thieves Haven is confusing enough already, and now you, you've added all these uh, mechanisms and um, booby traps in some circumstances, um, and and now it's even more confusing for me. So I'm, I just want to stay off Thieves Haven entirely. No, I love it. I love it because if you're on the bottom and you want to get to the top, you either have to run all the way around this snaking kind of uh, upward uphill path, or you stand on the platform and just use a pulley and pull yourself to the top. And you're like, okay, now I'm up here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's nice. And yeah, you said there's some traps now on some of these islands. You can uh, pull a lever to set off a bunch of spikes, uh, which would come in handy if you're kind of fighting skeletons. Or even if you're just being um, chased by another crew. Yeah, foot. I it, mean, it's rare that it's, would happen, but you never know. It's just it's just options, you know. Yeah. It's just options in there. Um, and for me, the what what's significant about it is we've been playing on these islands for four years now, and it, we're just not used to seeing anything change. You know what I mean? Mm. Seeing something different on an island that you're used to visiting, and we'll get into that more later. Uh, it's very jarring and uh, in some ways exciting. Um, that's cool. But uh, I would say the biggest new feature of the season, we'll, we'll skip any other little things. That There were some other little things, but uh, we don't need to dwell on all of it. But the big one, which is the, the title of the season, is Buried Treasures. Uh, we now have the ability to bury our treasures. It's something we- that I, like, in the back of my mind, maybe when Sea of Thieves was first announced at E3 2015, I was like thinking that might be a feature and then when i actually got to play the game and as we saw the game evolve through the technical alpha and the closed beta and then launch i just kind of forgot about and so to have it back to have that notion actually in the game it's shocking to me because i'm like oh my god i've always wanted this but i didn't realize or i forgot that i always wanted this and it's delightful i love 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 this feature yeah it's really fleshed out too because you can you can bury treasure uh and when you do so you get it creates your own map so you've yeah. you get a map in your inventory that you created it can be stolen from you like another crew can board your ship and steal your maps and then they can go dig up your treasure if your ship sinks your um, your maps will like sink with it or like float to the surface just like treasure does and someone can find your maps um, or then they have this new uh, community like quest board mm-hmm. on the outpost where you can take your map and you can just voluntarily like throw it on a bulletin board and be like alright I went and buried some treasures here it is on a bulletin board and anyone else on the server can see that take it down and go dig up your treasure and you will get rewarded for them doing so, but they will also get rewarded because they're getting the treasure. Um, I think the first couple weeks of this was really exciting. The idea of sharing your maps. And uh, then it kind of waned off when we realized that like no one was doing your maps after you post them. So I had great luck the first month, like month plus posting maps to my board because every time i would log into the game after i would get a little notification that somebody found my treasures like all of my maps were being picked up and used and we you know we stream sunday morning um on the east coast of the americas so you know 
it, it's not as busy of a time in our little hub of the world um, as, as you would other times, but we are having great luck getting getting uh, our maps picked up. And then it did taper off, and I haven't had any luck towards the back half of the season. So I think that there's some improvements need to be done here if this feature is going to have any kind of longevity. Because as it stands right now, three months in, I would say that it's essentially a dead feature. Uh, Because, like, I've logged into the game, I don't know, ten times this month already. Well, not already, but ten times in the past two weeks. uh I've logged into the game, and every single time I've checked, there's not a single player-posted map on the board. Yeah. And it, players aren't posting the maps because no one is picking them up and doing them. And so, I mean, there's a pretty simple solution to that, I think. You should have the option, if you log back in and nobody picked up your map, that you can pick your own map back up. Mm-hmm. And then you don't lose it. Yeah. And then this, the second solution is... Right now, when you post a map, the only people that can see it and do it are other people on your server. Yeah. But if there was a way for uh, you to get maps from multiple servers, if, uh, more of an online, you know, global map board, uh, or even just a friend board. You I, know, I if I could say, see yeah. maps that my friends, my Xbox friends list, if I see my friends have posted a map, then I'm more likely to want to do that map because I know it helps my friend out and yeah. it helps me out. If there's a way to do that without it being like a cheesable thing where I make a map for my friend and he makes a map for me and we go back and forth but, and cheese it. I mean, I mean, you could cheese it, but there would always be the risk that another crew could pick up that map then because more people would want to be using it if more people were trying to cheese it. You know, you, you need to inc- like increase the amount of people using this feature and that would be a good way to do it um just up the risk reward factor you know yeah definitely i think um anything they can do to increase incentivize it like maybe maybe uh treasures that you get from those maps are worth more emissary grade you know you'll emissary faster if i'm doing these maps versus other maps or like but i really think the big one is um, you know, let me get maps from not just from my own server. Let me get maps from my friends or like from a, a larger pool of players so that when I log in, I'm going to see more maps and uh, there's going to be more people that might see my map. If I put a map out there, I need more than just the crews on my server to be able to see that map and have a choice to do it because right now they're they're done. Like nobody's doing the maps, and which a, is too bad. It's a shame, but it it's is. A- it's a great yeah. feature. Like I said, it's something that, to my delight, once I once I realized this was coming, because, you know, I'm in the Insider program, but I try not to spoil myself with the Insider program. So I'm basically dead weight in the Insider program. But, you know, uh, I, so I could see this stuff is coming. I generally don't. Uh, but I was just like, oh, my God, you, you can make your own treasure maps. This is fantastic. I am going to have so much fun with this. And I did have a lot of fun with it. But, you know, a couple times I was like, I want to, um, like, create the ultimate treasure map or I want to um, do some specific theme and, and we'll get into the time we were going to do that and, and we really couldn't. But uh, now it just feels like there's no incentive because if I 
take all this effort to making this delightful map for somebody for another crew, chances are they won't even find it and it will just evaporate over time on the board and just, you know, go away once the, the game has an update or whatever. So um, it, it does kind of discourage you from wanting to do too much with it. Yeah, well, and I do feel like it's the kind of thing where it's easy to imagine them going back and improving on it. It's like you've introduced a new system almost, but that doesn't mean that they're done with it, that they are never going to touch it again. Uh, this is a new system that itself can be built upon making different kinds of maps or changing the way that we can access the maps. Um, I hope that they do go back and, and improve on it and, and maybe flesh it out because at the moment, like you said, I would love to create the maps, but I, I, I know with near 100% certainty that if I put the map on the board, nobody is going to do it. Um, and that's too bad because it's fun to make your own map. It's fun to think about where do I want to bury the treasure. It's fun to think about what treasures am I going to bury to put on that map. Um, and, and that's even just not even doing it for the commendations. That's just doing it for the fun of it. Um, but there are commendations to do it with it as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hope they kind of find a solution to that and they don't just let it be like a, a feature that was cool for a month and then kind of went by the wayside. Yeah. I hope it's not, you know, the in game in adventure version of the arena where they just, (laughs) 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 Oh, uh, yeah. But, um, I, I am still hopeful for the feature. It's it's young yet. There's lots of ways to re-incentivize, to drive engagement. And yeah, you're right. All it needs is a few tweaks. Yep. So uh, that's kind of the main uh, new features of the season. So yeah. the, all that stuff came in when the season launched. Um, and and- can, can I just say, I do really appreciate, and I know some players some sea of thieves diehards that maybe you know are like sea of thieves fans and not you know like long-term rare fans like uh our community or others but i know there are those people who are like you haven't added enough this month you haven't added enough this season i'm i'm voicing my displeasure on the internet and for me, I'm greatly appreciative when they have less stuff going on in December when you are at your busiest between all of your obligations with um, family and, you know, uh, the holidays and gift buying and uh, card mailing and, and all of that. It's it's a really stressful time of year. And I, like one year they did the advent calendar thing where you had to log in every day and... It's it's it just it was a bit much, and so I like when they peg December as this is the season, the more low key season where we're going to have quality of life improvements. We're going to have stuff that will really enrich gameplay, but it's it's going to be a little quieter. That's perfect. That's perfect for the holidays. Please don't don't change that. Rare. Right. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite of Halloween to me because um, the more you want to engage me at Halloween, the better. I love Halloween content. I want to get in there. I want to fight skeletons every, every week of the month. Yeah. Um, but you know, like you said, the holidays are busy. Um, but on that note, uh, they did continue their trend, uh, through that. They had kind of done through all the seasons of doing some of these, uh, live events, uh, which continued into December. 
um, and even into January, which are kind of the typical uh, annual festival of giving. Yeah. They do kind of every year. Um, so festival of giving, they do it every year, and it really boils down to uh, you're going to earn some rewards by letting other players sell your treasure. Yeah. Like uh, g- gifting it away. And we didn't of. even have to kidnap the child this year. It was it was great. That's right. It was it was a Christmas miracle. There was no uh, child trafficking. There was it there. And I'll say this too: all that stuff we said about like the new little features that they added, sitting sitting around the table on the in the chairs, uh, rolling dice, setting off fireworks. All of these things felt to me like they came at the perfect time. Yeah, because they they enhance that holiday. Uh, pageantry that just the kind of warm fuzziness of just goofing off uh, around the holidays setting off your fireworks at christmas um so you had the festival of giving of course every year they give away the gilded voyages i think this year there was like a, a, t- a twist where they were clearing out your inventory if you if you had too many gilded voyages saved up yeah because i know cameron and i we like to hoard our gilded voyages because you never really feel like you have the opportune time to do it like i i want to make the most out of this during a golden glory weekend where they you know up the the gold you get from uh everything and so you're like but you know usually during golden glory weekend they have something else going on and so you can't really dedicate yourself to these gilded voyages which are more lucrative and you get like more uh athena and uh so yeah like i i I was was like oh just just keep hoarding it just keep hoarding it and then they said uh actually if you get a new gilded voyage and you haven't used your last one well guess what it's just gonna overwrite it so we we had to like actually clear out our old gilded voyages and do them before we picked up the new one which I was fine with. Uh, I kind of, I kind of like having that uh, manual like push to say no. You have to use these up, and 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 you you don't need to wait for the most opportune time. You just need to find a time to do them throughout the year because hoarding them is the same as not using them. It's almost like okay, so there's a principle. It's, it's, in, a, it's almost like it, needing that incentive to play the arena. And uh, it's like, I'll just do it later. I'll just do it later. What? what? Um, there's like a principle in gaming where uh, an item in your inventory is too powerful to use. Mm-hmm. I think that the the analogy that you can relate to is the master ball on Pokemon. The ma- Yeah, no, that it, it's I know exactly. And I was thinking master ball, uh, which yeah. was a big problem until you exploit the missing no glitch and then you get infinite master balls. But, you know, right. Well, yeah, if you if, you, if you're not glitching, we don't glitch. Uh, we're not glitchers. But uh yeah, I mean, the Master Ball, it's like, okay, in, you get one ball that is just the instant perfect catch of any Pokemon. Uh, go ahead and use it. And then you said, cool, I will never. Yeah. Because there will there will never be that one time where I'm like, I, I, it's this moment is worth using up my only Master Ball. Right, because you're thinking and, like Mewtwo, yeah. right? Like that would be the time to use the Master Ball. But if you can get Mewtwo with another lesser Pokeball... Well, right, why, so why that's the Gilded ball? Voyages. So I like this notion of being like, okay, we'll give you another one, but you have to use your old one first. And so stop thinking of it as this too powerful to use thing and just just use it. I like that with the Gilded Voyages because 
the gilded voyages are fun it's fun to spend an afternoon just getting a ton more treasure more quickly than you're used to um so that's cool we did the festival of giving stuff and then uh we got into the uh this year's grog manet event which is kind of the new year's event second year they've Um, done grog manet as an actual event you know festival giving has kind of been uh in the vocabulary of the game i think since the first holiday season um maybe but grog manet uh came about in 2020 uh as the new year's celebration yeah it's a very clever pun it is uh, which most americans probably wouldn't get yeah, so actually what made this one interesting, you mentioned this is the second year Speaking of it. Speaking of Grog, uh, hold on, Jeff. I'm going to open up a cider, so that's... Thank you. It. All right. Ah, ah. Hold on, let me just take a sip. Of... Ah, okay. Or, that's that's the storage crate sucking up all the bananas. Oh. Um, yeah. Wait, where... Why do we have 40 more views in the live stream right now? Oh, <laughs> people i didn't know you could search for slurping noises on twitch but here we are yeah there's there's apps for that so uh yeah grog Manet, they actually did a thing with that the second uh year of it where they retroactively uh gave a reward for last year so they gave out this tankard the grog Manet tankard mm-hmm. but if you participated last year they put a notch in it and then if you participated this year they put a second notch in it so every year that you participate, you're going to get another notch in your tankard. And this kind of pissed some people off because they're like, well, you're rewarding me for something last year that I couldn't participate in. And you didn't even tell me like people are OK if they miss out on something. If they are, if they're aware ahead of time what they're missing out on. Yeah. But if you retroactively say, by the way, here was another re- reward you missed out on and you didn't know you were going to miss it, then they get pissed off. Well, yeah. I don't I don't have a lot of sympathy for it because the way I look at it is there's like 10,000 other tankards in the game. <laughs> yeah, it, like, it's... it's and, and we'll be getting into this when we discuss the arena news. Hopefully um, hopefully not in too much detail. <laughs> no, anyway. I, I, I just... I'm just saying like, at this point, like Sea of Thieves, it is basically impossible to have every cosmetic and item that has ever been offered through everything, whether it be in-game events or extra game uh, giveaways or contests, like virtually impossible. You're not going to be able to get everything. Um, And so I know there's uh, the FOMO, uh, fear of missing out for you granddads out there listening. I know there's a lot of that when it comes to this, and it's especially bad for the older rare fandom where we were weaned on this collectathon completionism mentality um and, and it, it's hard to play sea of thieves this living game uh that, that's kind of operating under very modern standards to miss out on items mm-hmm. and um so i i have sympathy with that but we we're all going to run up eventually wow. into an item that we can't get and so it's kind of like ripping off the bandage it hurts but eventually it it's going to do you good to have that off. So got to let the wound my, breathe. My attitude towards it is, so they look at this and they say, the, the developers who did this, they say, wouldn't it be cool 
if every year that you participated, you got a notch in your tankard and it was like this celebratory thing and you could show everyone and say, this is how long I've been doing this. And, and the answer to that question is yes, it would be cool. And there's a, per- there's a type of person in the community that would say, uh, don't do anything cool if there's a chance I miss out on it. <laughs> right. Like, I would rather everyone not get the cool thing than just me not get the cool thing. And I don't think that's a great attitude. I think that every time they say, wouldn't it be cool if we gave out this reward for this? And then anyone who's not in that, you know, part of the Venn diagram and is going to miss out, they say, no, it would not be cool. Don't yeah. give anything to anyone if, if, if it's not happening to me. And, you know, oh, well, it, it is what it is. But anyway, uh, Grogmanet was interesting for reasons not just the tankard. Um, because it was kind of a different activity than last year, right? Like last year, I think we were digging up explosive barrels and like chests of rage and stuff and like setting stuff on fire. It was focusing on like the, the fireworks aspect of new year. Uh, but now that we have fireworks in the game, uh, they went a different route this year and they went into the drunken hooliganism aspect. Yeah. So it was just like a list of tasks that are like, go do this thing, but do it while really drunk in the game drinking three tankards of grog and then try to dig up a chest drink three tankards of grog and then kill some skeletons and um this is the kind of event i tend to like when they do these events which is uh boils down to uh one you can complete just about all of it in one session Mm -hmm. like that's a huge uh piece of it to me and then two it's during that session you're going to go into the game and you're just going to kind of do a different activity than you've ever done before. It's not like a wild twist, but it's just a small twist. It's like, okay, you can do the, all of these challenges in about four hours. And for those four hours, you're going to run around and get drunk and try to complete things. And that's fun because there's no pressure and it's not going to take up my entire month of trying to get it done. Right. And, and I think it's one of those events where it's much more fun if you're doing it with a crew, especially a full crew of four versus trying to solo it by yourself, because I could see this being absolutely miserable. Uh, if you don't have backup when you're blind sneaking drunk and falling over yourself and you're trying to fight skellies or whatever. Um, and, and what we did was we got, and I don't know whose idea this was, if it was Dre's or yours, uh, we, we got it from someone, but we got the chest of a thousand grogs, yeah, which is yeah. the, uh, the chest where you, you know, pick up and you immediately feel drunk, inebriated. And, um, you can also refill your tankard with this chest. It's an infinite amount of grog can come from it. And so, or maybe just a thousand grogs. I've never actually tried to deplete it, but you know, so we we made sure we dug up one of these. I think we had some sort of voyage on, in one of our inventories, an older voyage that we were hoarding because, you know, we are hoarders. Um, Well, Cameron and I are hoarders, but we, we had it. We were able to use it. We were able to dig up a chest of a thousand grogs. And then we were able to take it to the islands with us trying to complete these tasks, but refilling our tankards versus having to run back to the ship and filling it up there. So much easier that way. Yeah, I think it probably would have been near impossible without the chest of grogs. Um or at least it would have been just a way bigger pain in the ass. Yeah. Um but 
as it was, I had fun with it. And, and it, but it's the kind of thing where we have fun doing this for one session and then I want you to leave me alone and let me play the game my own way. Don't give me an event that takes. Don't don't give me an event that that is like a, uh, it takes four sessions to complete, and I'm just grinding, you know, to get it done before the time limit. Right. Um, I, it, you know, I think I think that's what separates a good event from a bad event is when you feel like you're just jumping through hoops to jump through them. Uh, the FOMO, as I mentioned, uh, versus you're actually having fun with what they're laying out for you. Yeah, and I, I kind of want to go down. Uh, maybe I'll do this as a feature on the blog, but I kind of want to rank all the live events they did uh, for the time they were doing them because, and we'll get into this uh, later. It, it seems like they're basically done for the most part doing the live events. They're moving to a new kind of thing, but we'll talk about that in a minute. I, I could still see them like pulling out Grog Manet and and other things. Yeah, I I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it when we talk about uh, yeah. the adventure stuff. But, I, uh, I will say I enjoyed the this year's festival giving and Grogmane way more than the shit they pulled for Thanksgiving, where I had to eat oh, three hundred pounds of feast, meat. Yeah, the feast of bounty. If I do that thing where I rank all the live events, feast of bounty will probably be the dead last worst one. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like you know me, like I am somebody who tries to look at the bright side of these things. I very rarely have a bad thing to say about a game I I generally like, and I think this is the only Sea of Thieves event where I'm like, that was a bad event. <laughs> that was just like no, no redeeming qualities there. I hated it. Thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> that was season four. Uh, I didn't have any problem with the ones in season five. Yeah, so um, obviously a new season always comes with new cosmetics. There's cosmetics to earn from the commendations. There's cosmetics to earn from leveling up the season renown. There's a plunder pass cosmetics. And then there's new stuff in the Emporium every month. Um, I don't know how much we have to say about all this. None of it is particularly... Uh, exciting specifically to our DK Vine audience. Like I know last season we had the, the, the kind of Kremlin crocodile stuff to talk about, which yeah, that, which was actually like, I think the main draw of the episode for the usual DK Vine crowd. I did like all these cosmetics, like as far as having like holiday themed things that you unlock through the seasonal progress, uh, the, the uh, Aurora ship sets, the, the like northern lights kind of borealis aesthetic oh my god that's probably my favorite holiday themed anything in the game as far as like the winter holidays uh it it's just uh, absolutely perfect yeah uh, i would say my pirate looks really good in the creeping cold costume uh which is too bad because uh i don't like to dress up as a cold character except in December, but I didn't unlock it until like late February. So, uh, <laughs> right. Like I, like a lot of this stuff, and luckily uh, the stuff that was in the higher tier of the seasonal, um, renown on, on, yeah, like that was like just the collector's variants of a lot of the ship parts. So you could get a lot of this early on, you know? So it, it wasn't like we were unlocking this Christmas, uh, and holiday stuff late, in in february but there's some of it was like oh you know i i know you in michigan your winter lasts a lot longer than me here in virginia but 
it still like oh i i don't really want to don this cold stuff now that we have you know buds on the trees see for us it's it's we still have snow on the ground but we don't want to so (laughs) we we don't want to be reminded like that's one of the big things for me too is how it can be the dead of winter and i can hop into sea of thieves go to my favorite outpost like golden sands and 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 there surely won't be anything bad going on there. Yeah. And uh, and I can just feel like I'm in a tropical paradise. I think that for a few weeks of December, I'm excited to be in the cold, excited sure. to be in the snow. And then after that, I'm like, all right, take me back to my pirate island paradise. I don't want to be reminded of the cold anymore. Yeah. My my uh, in-game title, the title that I display under my pirate's name is Legend of the Sun, which I got during the summer Sea of Thieves event for doing everything. And I feel like that's like kind of uh, it aligns with what I want my pirate and the reasons I play Sea of Thieves to be celebrated is just like, it. it is like, I'm the king of the tropics, you know, whereas, you know, the, the cold stuff, the winter theme stuff, it's fun for a few weeks, but it should never be the primary aesthetic of the game in my mind. Um, so all these people who want an Arctic region, one, I'm not sure they understand how the Caribbean works, which is what the Sea of Thieves is, you know, pretty much based on um you know you'd have to sail pretty far to get to somewhere cold uh, magic kyle is yeah, such thing as magic I, there is but it would just break the immersion jeff i i want i want meteor shower region <laughs> you want like you want moon mountain i want pass moon mountain star pass. Fox adventures, I, yeah. I want moon mountain pass from star fox adventures with like alien mushrooms like a lot of uh bioluminescent mushrooms and a lot of meteor showers and like shooting stars in the sky and then like the rocks can randomly come down and hit you but if you come up maybe you find a little bit of gold inside that rock i mean you know ufo sightings are part of canonical legend so you can make something work with that i know steve uh, the aforementioned steve from off a of rare gamer really wants aliens in the game so you know uh, but i would take aliens over you know vikings yeah well anyway we get our taste we get our little taste of cold every yeah. december um but um yeah then there was you know in the emporium there was barbosa themed stuff like uh the bar the captain barbosa from pirates of the caribbean which is uh, surprising it, it, it was yes honestly it felt like yeah. we were done it yeah. felt like we'd moved on from the pirates of the caribbean stuff and then they're like nope we got one more here we go one more set um but it was cool there's a dog in there the what the mutinous mutt or something like that yeah um, yeah i was yeah. just like why what, what, what's this dog because we already had the uh prison dog with the key you know that's like taken right from the movie and uh, I'm like, well, what's this dog? I don't know. Yeah, I have no attachment to this dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit about this dog. I only like celebrity dogs, all right? Like, <laughs> like, how many Twitter followers does this dog have? Is the dog verified? Otherwise, I have no time for it. Uh, influencer dog. Um, <laughs> yeah, then there was the Lodestar uh, stuff that came in January, this kind of Starman uh constellations oh, lodestar i was like lodestar how do you know my porn hub channel ah no not lodestar uh <laughs> quit quit cracking nuts Kyle. oh i'm sorry i <laughs> um yeah i don't really have any opinion on the lodestar stuff 
Um, cool. I don't understand the Lodestar stuff because, you, you know, used to be these cosmetics would be added to the game. These like um, cursed pets, right? And there would be a reason why this cat would be like glowing like lava or would be a skeleton or would be gold. It would, you know, it has one of these curses that afflict uh, the pirates and, and, you know, turn them into these, uh, uh, maybe skellies if they uh, become deceased while afflicted with the curse. But I don't know what the Lodestar stuff is supposed to be, which is just uh, like a pet with a constellation on their body. Like, is that a curse? Or, or is this just a weird tattoo? Like, what what is this? And it doesn't explain in the description. It's body paint. I, I mean, I guess. But I think sometimes they get a little silly with these Emporium items and if there's no lore explanation baked in, I raise one eyebrow like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> she smells. She's cooking. <laughs> I don't smell what they're cooking. I don't understand what they're cooking. I've got COVID nose. I don't. I don't smell what they're cooking either. As you know, I'm a nosmic. Yeah. And I oh, I'm sorry. Don't have a sense of smell, but yeah, sorry, that's why I don't watch the Rock. <laughs> that's why I don't watch any of his movies. I just don't get it. Um, yeah, but then February had um, the most important. Uh, Emporium cosmetics for our discussion, not because of what they were, but because of uh, what they caused to happen to us. Um, uh-huh. oh, so yeah, the the cutthroat weapons. Um, yeah. So we have been wanting we being uh, DK Vine, we being Jeff of Golden Sands blog post and DK Vine and Heil of DK Vine and and nothing else really. Uh, We've been wanting them to elaborate on the, like, rare heritage ship sets in the Emporium. The, you know, Baron Bird uh, for Banjo-Kazooie, the Paradise Garden for Viva Pinata, the uh, Cutthroat for Killer Instinct, you know, ship sets. Because we were like, wouldn't it be great if, in addition to these ships, we could also have items based on these games and these properties. And, of course, our imaginations took that to be, like, for the bucket that you, you know, bail out the ship or, in Cameron's case, vomits into in stores. What if the bucket for the Baron Bird uh, cosmetics was just leaky, the the pail from Treasure Trove Cove? And it was just leaky. And you could, you know, even have, you know, the fan in that it is leaky, uh, but in pirate times, and uh, and then Leaky gets in the game before TT officially does. But you can get the shovel from Viva Pinata yes. as a as as a shovel in Sea of Thieves, and we've we've all been. And, you know, you could have the um, rare racers stuff in the game, and you could finally have TT as a as a watch. And so we were all you know jazzed about this, and they finally added the first rare heritage item set in the game and it's cutthroats for killer instinct however it's not you know i think exactly like we were hoping for and granted i'm less, pretty much not themed by killer instinct at all yeah I'm, I'm less married to you know killer instinct than i am some of the the other properties but it would have been nice to have like maybe an actual sword from the games or you know whatever um i realize you can't do you know a one-to-one swap in there for everything because i don't know how many guns are in killer instinct i don't you know uh but 
it, it would be nice if you could have more relation to the characters. These just look like they're based on the ship set, like the aesthetics from the ship set, and then uh, apply to the, you know, Eye of Reach, the Blunderbuss, and so on. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, so all that aside, yeah. we're playing. We're playing the game, and. Heil normally at the start of an update will go right to the Emporium and buy everything they have. Sure. Because he's what he's what we refer to as a whale. Which people really want in Sea of Thieves because they want to hunt them because it turns We're out... Not, you're not going to hunt whales in Sea of Thieves. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you people again. It turns out people are, are just bloodthirsty out there. Like, oh, when are you going to add this so I can hunt it? I think it's your problem. Well, yeah, people are uh, people are, now that they added in the rats, <laughs> they added they added in the rats that you can see climbing along in the hull of the ship. People are asking, how come you can't eat the rats? Right, guys, quit! There's so much to eat in this game. You don't need to eat rats. You don't need to hunt whales. I don't need. You don't eat- need Arctic region. I don't need to eat 500 pounds of rat come Thanksgiving. No, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we don't need to see the rat-eating event they'd come up with. Um, but yeah, so Heil, normally you buy all the stuff, right? You and But I think this update, since there wasn't a new ship set, you maybe thought, oh, there's nothing new, so you didn't look at the Emporium, or you, or you looked and you didn't catch that there was new stuff. And so we went about our day, we went about our session, we're sailing along. I don't even remember what we did. We had a buttload of treasure. Uh, we were emissaries, I think. And we start getting chased by another player. Were they a brigantine or a galleon? I don't even remember at this point. They were chasing us, though. Um, it was, a, I think, a galleon. Yeah, we were a galleon. It, it, it was this thing where it became this uh, like almost stream long like pursuit. You know, there there are people who play this game who they don't play it for any other reason than to be aggressive towards other players. So they could be doing something else. They see a ship and they're like, let's abandon what we're doing. All, all that matters is chasing them until they rage quit. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so we're being chased and, and I mean, we're not pushovers. We know how to evade another ship and we know how to fight if we have to fight. So, um, we're, we're leading them. I think we're leading them into the devil's drawer. Uh, someone was overboard doing something and I needed help adjusting the sails because these guys are gaining on us and we needed to pick up the wind. And, uh, I realized that like, there's like no one on the ship with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, everyone had an excuse, uh, for why they weren't on the ship, but not all the excuses were equal. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> because, uh, I'm like, well, hi, where's, where are you? And I look and. I can see your name tag on the outpost that we passed like 20 minutes ago. Okay. And you said, I'm in the Emporium. No. I'm buying the cutthroat weapons. No, you're remembering things um, too kindly to me because I didn't give away my position. The reason you found out was the stream tattled on me. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're in the middle of a chase. We're, this is going on for a while. Uh-huh. And uh, Chris says in the live stream chat, um, like, Heil, you fucking dweeb. You <laughs> didn't say that. You but... are. I don't know what he said. He says some British stuff. You know, I can't always understand him. But uh, Chris uh, says, you know, Heil, 
is in the Emporium buying Emporium cosmetics right now. And that's when I that's when it clicked with me and I realized that that's where you'd been for about 20 minutes. Not 20 minutes. You're exaggerating. But look. All right. So 25 or something like that. Over the course of our adventure, Cameron whipped out his new uh, cutthroat weapons. They said, hey, have you seen the cutthroat weapons? I was like, there are cutthroat weapons in the game? There are Killer Instinct weapons in the game? And even though Killer Instinct isn't my rare favorite Rare franchise, and we haven't even officially determined if any of the iterations are DKU yet, that might be coming later in the season, but... I, I was, I was still intrigued because I still love Rare. They're, you know, my favorite all time studio and any items harkening back to any Rare games, I would want to have immediately. So I was like, well, as soon as we are out an outpost, I have to run into the apartment and buy those. And the very first time, uh, I set foot on an outpost is when I had hopped off the ship to sell treasure because we were being pursued by this other crew. And I was like, okay, well, I will have enough time after I sell this before I get back to the ship to maybe pop into the Emporium and um, buy the cutthroat weapons. And maybe I I took some time to browse some other stuff as well. But yeah, so that's why everyone was off the ship is because we were passing by outposts and having everyone jump off and sell the best treasures. Yep. and, and, And then just continue sailing. So as this ship was chasing us. By the time they eventually did catch up to us in fight, or, or which they never did, but if they had, we would have already sold all the good stuff. Um, and so I'm like, okay, uh, why has everyone come back to the ship but Heil? And as I am given in our live stream chat right now points out, uh, we narked out your ass. Yeah, you got narked on. The live stream chat was like, Heil, Heil's, Heil's at the Emporium. Hiles not playing. Hiles not helping the team. Hiles being a selfish pirate, and he and he was. You know, whatever happened to snitches getting stitches? I feel like we we don't abide by the prison ethos we used to live by. Everybody. What about he who smelt it dealt it? What does that mean? Well, that's, I don't have a sense of smell, so, so I don't no, know no. if that applies. No, no, because that is the opposite of, like, because they were ratting on me, uh, even though I dealt it. So, really, I think this is Gibbon and Chris and everybody else's fault in the, in the live stream chat. They about, dealt it. What about he who denied it supplied it? I, yeah. I, 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 I'm too tired to piece that together. Uh, I'm the sleepy bear now. No, I look. I do. I regret my actions a little no, bit. No, you don't. No, you, a, in, a in the bit. moment you had no remorse. We, I felt and, a little and, bad when it became this forty-minute argument afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it could have been the difference. We could. We were a man. We were three manning a galleon in the middle of a chase. And 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 it was not it was unnecessary, and you did that to us. Okay, but it's like, hey, Heil, uh, have you have you seen my TT stopwatch? It's in the Emporium now. Oh, we're being chased by another crew. Well, I wouldn't care about that. I would go buy TT. Now, granted, it wasn't TT. There were just some purple weapons that were purportedly Killer Instinct branded. No, but wait. I'm easy. What, okay, your what you just said right now was not a defense of what you did. It was just stating what you did. I look. <laughs> I'm still using the cutthroat weapons. I haven't switched them out because, you know, I, I worked hard for those in that I put my entire crew at risk. We did not sink, by the way. We got. No, we, uh, we used a pro strategy of, uh, of starting the Shores of Gold Tall Tale and sailing into the Devil's Shroud. Mm hmm. Yeah. Because we're 
we're pro gamers. And as far as far as far as we uh, could tell, they tried to pursue us into the shroud for some reason, and they sang. And they sang. Yeah, <laughs> which because uh, we thought at first that they had also gotten the shroud breaker, uh, and they were pursuing us because we we're like, oh, they they know what they're doing, and apparently they never attempted to sail into the shroud before <laughs> because they sank. Yeah, that was a good. T- it it all worked out in the end, um, but. I don't know. I mean, you're going to go to hell for it. <laughs> I mean, look, I'd, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. Billy All Joel. right, Billy Joel. Uh, All right. Um, so anyway, moving on from cosmetics, uh, there's just a couple more topics to touch on with season five. I'm mm-hmm. um, going to get into kind of the hot topics first. Oh, the, spicy. The less, uh, the less desirable fun time topics. And then we'll end on the more uh, kind of exciting Happy good time topic. Yeah. Um, community day. Oh, wah, wah, wah. where's the Price is Right losing horn sound effect? Oh, right. I don't... What's what's the opposite of of that sucking sound that turns us on so much? <laughs> oh, I don't know how to. <laughs> I don't know how to. Oh, opposite Jeff, that's that. even hotter. What are you doing? Oh no! <laughs> All right. Well, stifle your erection. Let me drain the blood from from your uh, extremities. Uh, let's talk about Community Day. All right, uh, yeah. Community Day is a, th- a thing that this was the first time they've ever done this, Community Day. They did this during Season 5, and it was kind of the community team at Rare uh, promoting a a special day, uh, which happened to be on a Sunday when we always stream, where um, they wanted the community to all come together, play the game, uh, tweet out all of your favorite memories of the game, and just kind of tweet out all this positive stuff about the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, based on how many tweets they got into a hashtag, it would raise a multiplier on our loot in the game. We'd, we'd have like a a, a a golden reputation multiplier. Sure. And it would make the biggest multiplier that they'd ever given in the game, like over three times multiplier. Um, so we were excited about this. And Heil, you actually had a pretty cool pitch well i don't remember if you thought of it or if we just kind of collectively thought of it uh so like i i i knew i wanted to do something special for community day that would not only just be us playing sea of thieves which we do every sunday and community day fell on a sunday which was just perfect for us because that is the day we stream this game and you know i'm always trying to think of ways to bridge the divide that still exists between sea of thieves and some of our more traditional uh viewers fans readers um who who come into dk vine who like donkey kong who like banjo conquer but maybe haven't given sea of thieves a shot or sea of thieves just holds no interest to them and so i was out of town the week before and um helping out with some family issues and it was extremely lo-fi because i uh had no wi-fi at my grandparents house and so i had like an old journal and i was like putting that jotting down ideas in this journal and it's like community day what can we do that would be fun and i eventually hit upon this idea where we have these uh golden nile costumes in the game essentially kremlin costumes in the game we could all dress as kremlins it was going to be uh you jeff cameron dustin and myself we're going to dress as kremlins and we were going to go banana heisting we were going to try to get all of the bananas that we possibly could on a server, uh, including and up to 
robbing other crews of just their bananas. And then we were going to, I guess, bury them in a banana hoard and then post it on the quest board for somebody to find like thousands and thousands and thousands of bananas, right? Just ludicrous amount of bananas. And, and I was like, that, that's going to be fun. That's going to be something kind of Donkey Kong related. We can do in Sea of Thieves now. And it, it will hopefully attract people curious about that and kind of lead them to discover Sea of Thieves. And it just win-win for everyone. I was really excited about it. You were excited about it, Jeff. Like, and it was going to be something too. We don't often do these quirky kind of things in Sea of Thieves because we don't have time. We stream once a week, so we have to get the events done. And so we don't have time to kind of go off book and get creative as much as I would want to. So this was affording us that opportunity. I was excited. Yeah, and then um, we couldn't play. <laughs> so, yeah, they were having server issues on Community Day. And uh, we sat around for probably uh, two hours or so, two and a half. Eventually, I got through. But the problem is the rest of my crew couldn't. Um, we, we kept getting what strawberry bearded, which strawberry is, beard. Yeah. yeah so, strawberry beards forever. Yeah. They, I, I guess it was, uh, a server load that they had not anticipated that kind of spike in concurrent players trying to get into the game at the same time. And they had had some issues kind of behind the scenes that maybe they didn't catch ahead of time. Uh, and it all culminated in basically the game, like put out a message and said, we're not even going to let you like try to get through anymore. We're just going to start admitting like people like one by one. And because people who are trying to get in over and over and hitting that strawberry beard over and over are adding like a further load of strain onto the system. Um, I don't know. Anyway, it it was, it was a bad deal. It was, it was a bad time. I'm sure it was, you know, equally disappointing for, uh, the development team. Oh, I'm the, sure it was their, more their disappointing for team, them. Like any, uh, their community team. Yeah. Something they wanted to do to drive engagement kind of just fell apart. Um, so I'm sure it was 10 times worse for them than it was for us. We were going to do a silly thing and hopefully, right. I can't imagine that kind of panic of, uh, you know, the, the, the whole house is on fire and it's, it's, it's a fucking Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what their work schedule is like, but, uh, you know, you one has to imagine that people aren't working on Sunday, but you get called in to put out a fire essentially and, and scramble to fix what's going on. Um, I don't pretend to know what goes on behind the scenes, but it must have been a very stressful, difficult day for everyone, uh, they're rare. Yeah, so um, I, I can't be like yeah. angry, you know, and I, I'm I wasn't. I I felt bad. I felt bad that we couldn't play, but I also felt bad for them. It you you hate to see that kind of thing happen. Um and it, it happens, especially in a live game like this, you know, it it's things are going to go awry. You're it's basically a tightrope walk at all times with uh with a very small net. And and so, you know, sometimes you're going to fall off and lose a trip um you know, lose a track and nut. Yeah. You're going to lose a, a circuit performer. Um, so, but uh, I think it's, yeah. Um, so they address this in, uh, in February, they put out a podcast, the sea of thieves official podcast, um, where they kind of talked about a lot of the big, uh, issues facing the game, big issues that the community brings up. 
that they wanted to talk about. One of them was this community day and the server issues. I know they ended up extending the community day by like 12 hours. So you could still get the multiplier. But by that time, we were just like, you know, we, we had set aside the time when we were available to play. Yeah. And, you know, I, I couldn't play later in the day, so we just didn't play. Um, it was it was pretty disappointing. But uh, they, uh, the development team, the kind of uh, some of the people from Rare talked on that podcast um, in more detail, more specifics about what went wrong there and kind of what they're doing uh, to, I guess, better predict when those uh, issues are starting to arise, more more proactive, preemptive repairs on their kind of behind-the-scenes stuff um, to prevent those kind of issues. I know that actually we actually couldn't get in the next week either. We yeah. had two weeks in a row. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, so this season we were cutting it pretty close to getting to level 100 because uh, – yeah, there uh, there was the one week we didn't play because I was out of town, so we di- we didn't stream. The very next week was community week, community day. We you know we we couldn't play then because uh, the servers weren't working. I got in for like an hour and a half by myself, and and then uh, I think Chris joined in because um, he was able to get in, but that that was it. And then uh, the week after that, we couldn't play at all. We kept getting like coral bearded or something. So it, it was uh, it was like three weeks where we couldn't play, and in fact that th- that third week, no, granted three weeks, that's not including server issues. The first week was on us, but still, um, but um, the that third week, that that second week with the server issues, we just ended up playing hashtag idarb idarp um, be- because we were like, well, screw this, let's let's play a few quick rounds of silliness. And uh, and then just call it a day. So um, it, it was it was discouraging. Like I I have to admit, and I wasn't like upset, like because I'm not a whiny entitled uh, man baby. But I was feeling a bit discouraged as far as Sea of Thieves goes for you know half a month there, where I was just like eh, my my feelings of affection are at their all time low towards this just because I haven't been able to play because we've had issues after issue. And also with what's happening with the arena, I, I just was having a, a bit of a a bit of a, a low point, which which I'm recovering from nicely. Being able to play the, ne- the week after that finally felt good. It felt refreshing. It was like cleaning the crud out of your brain. Well, I think for me, I don't know. I don't want to speak for anybody else. Um, it's been like an angsty kind of tense couple months in the world uh, in terms of events going on. And then in terms of just, I think, the timing of the year, some sort of seasonal effective sure. uh, aspects going on. And, so, and then all of that on top of it with like Sea of Thieves just being my escape from that, but it not letting me play when I want to. Yeah. Um, all kind of culminated in some kind of bad moods, general bad moods, yeah. uh, you know, in our group. But uh, uh, I, I, for myself, I chalk uh, a lot of it up to, for, for me, the seasonal affective disorder and not getting enough vitamin D and all that business. Um, because in the state of Michigan, winter never ends. So Yeah, Jeff, I'm going to have to mail you uh, a happy light. Do you have one of those happy lights? 
I don't, but I do have a couple of Clatu albums. <laughs> Um, and they have a picture of the sun on them. Uh, <laughs> Was it three three forty seven Eastern time? Is yeah, that the yeah, yeah three forty seven EST? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep, perfect. So, um, that's that's really what's gotten me through this tough time in the world and in the season. But um, yeah, so disappointing. We couldn't do the community day thing. We were pretty excited about it. Um, I was impressed and excited with how big of a reaction it got and yeah. and like so it's it's kind of a almost a a, a double-edged sword because if they so it because it had issues because it was so popular and if it hadn't had issues that would have meant that it wasn't popular and that it was a dud you know what i mean like right so like like it's a it, it's a good thing it was that popular it's just too bad that that caused the issues um but they also have said they're going to do a community day every season like one day a season, get on Twitter and hashtag us, and we'll maybe find some time to be silly one one day every season. If That'll it works, yeah. I, I feel like now whenever we're approaching Community Day, it's going to just be like, it's some, what's going to go wrong? Is is it going to work? Like we're gonna, all going to be holding our collective breaths. So we'll see. Well, I don't know. I think I, the the stuff they said about how they're preparing better for it and and changing up the structure of their team to kind of be proactive in that way. Um, that did assuage kind of my concerns. Um, I think a big piece of that is just hearing them uh, talk openly about w- the issue rather than just not hearing from the dev team about what's going right. on, not hearing any behind the scenes, uh, just getting those little messages. They pop up on discord and says, we are aware of issues going on and, and we are aware that you lost some progress last week. And, and like, those things, you know, it, it's just nice to hear them talk candidly. This is what's going on. This is what we're doing about it. We we're frustrated. Um, so that podcast you can find on their uh, YouTube, Sea of Thieves. If you use your favorite search engine, go crack a nut. But like, it, it, it's a great uh, podcast episode because of it, them getting and talking about all these issues that you kind of are bu- bubbling under the surface among the community, especially if you're really a diehard Sea of Thieves player, because um, they get into other issues that are that we are not going to get into on this podcast. I always, um, I, I, I did like to imagine on Community Day, like, um, you know, the community uh, GIF, GIF of Donald Glover coming in with the pizzas <laughs> yeah. and, you know, <laughs> the room's on fire. I, I just imagine <laughs> that was rare headquarters at that moment in time. Yeah. You really do need to watch that show. Oh, that's that's one of that that episode that that gif is from is one of the best episodes of sitcom television of the this you know past decade. Um, it's one of the best. Uh, yeah, it's one of the best gifs. It's a good gif. Um, but yeah. So speaking of issues facing the community, <laughs> hot topic. Hot topic. Stuff. Yeah, I I, I don't think we need to. I don't shop there. I no, I I, I don't. The box lunch is the place that had all the Donkey Kong merchandise. Uh, the arena is shutting down. And I don't feel like we need to belabor this because there's not no. a lot to say. Um, I, I'll have my piece. You'll have your piece. But I don't think we need to spend 40 minutes in anguish over no. this. This is like I, this is the way I've been thinking about it. Pre- mentally preparing for this conversation we're having right now is... The conversation is not a Sea of Thieves podcast. No. 
uh, so we don't, you know, we could we could have a whole episode about the arena shutting down if this was a Sea of Thieves podcast, but it's not. So we're not going to really dwell in the weeds for too long on it. Um, but yeah, they did announce that starting with season six, the arena is shutting down. And that mode, which is the kind of competitive 15-minute blast of multiplayer gaming mode, uh, that mode is going to be removed. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, Kyle? Well, you know, I guess I should have seen it coming. And I guess I did see it coming, but I was in denial that it was coming. The writing's been on the wall for the over a year, you know. Um, and really, the writing has been on the wall since they changed the arena and, uh, in, in your words, ruined it. Um, they, they, they changed the rules. They, they tried to, uh, tweak it so they would have, um, I, I guess they were trying to drive engagement and they ended up just breaking it completely. Um, and we've already discussed that in past episodes of the conversation, uh, concerning Sea of Thieves. When they, when they did the arena updates, they changed it. And so, you know, I, I'm kicking myself because I wanted to do everything in arena. I wanted to get all those commendations done and I never did. And, and part of that is on me. A large part of that is on me. And I will readily admit that I'm more mad at myself than anybody. However, um, you know, they also stopped trying to drive people to arena. Um, I think I mentioned the summer sea of thieves event. I think that was the last time where they had this event where they incorporated the arena, play the arena. And because um, I have such limited time to play the game, you know, I, I I've carved out a small chunk of my week to play sea of thieves on a weekly basis. Um, because of that, I'm usually having to do what they're doing in adventure, you know, especially time limited events. If they do point me to arena, then I, we would always incorporate it. And then I would finally get to play it. I know Jeff, you used to have an arena night with your friends, um, every week. And, um, I, I never had anything quite as applicable, uh, but it's so, you know, I, I'm upset about myself for not taking the initiative and drive to play it, but they also didn't give me a reason to when, you know, I, I don't, I can't play Sea of Thieves five days a week. So, uh, I, I wish they hadn't broken it, um, because you're right, they kind of did. Um, and, you know, lesson learned, but they're, they're just shutting it down completely now. I always feel like the arena was kind of conflicting with what other people, working on Sea of Thieves wanted to do and it just never had the internal support ultimately, especially when uh, the engagement just wasn't there. The story of the arena is, is all just boils down to uh, it's just kind of a shame, but it's not surprising and it's not really anybody's fault. It's just kind of a too bad thing that it turned out this way. And I think part of that is, um, you know, I, I, I don't think they understood when making it that the kind of investment it would require, if you're going to make a mode that's competitive, um, it really does require a huge investment to uh, build it up, make it balanced. If you're going to like have regular content for it, like it was kind of investment that they couldn't justify because it didn't, have the initial numbers of people. And, you know, it's kind of like, if you look at the way sea of thieves launched, sea of thieves launched, uh, to pretty widespread. I don't know what the word choice here is. Um, there were a lot of detractors 
complainers about the game um, that it was not, you know, it was bare bones and it was missing content, uh, but it had such a strong initial audience mm. that were that were that did buy in that they were on board right out the gate that it justified them making that investment to flesh the game out, which we're now continuing to see them to invest more and more. And every year has been even bigger than the previous year. And the game's just growing and it's great. Not all games land that way. For example, I was really into another Xbox game called bleeding edge (laughs) uh, by Ninja theory. And when that game came out, uh, it was also a little bit bare bones and, and needed to be fleshed out to really draw an audience, but it maybe didn't have, enough of an, an initial buy-in group of, of fans that were, you know, dedicated into it for them to justify making the investment that it would take to really grow that game. Uh, so it's a tale of two stories, you know, sometimes you're a sea of thieves and sometimes you're uh, a bleeding edge. And I think that the arena mode in a, in a micro sense is the same thing. The mode came out. Uh, it didn't have enough initial, you know, push um, by the fandom for them to say, okay, now we can go in and put this 110% effort into it that it needs for it to be successful. It's a little bit of a chicken and an egg scenario. Uh, the mode died because they didn't invest in it, but they didn't invest in it because the mode wasn't was dead on arrival almost. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the, they did that one initial, they, about a year into it, they did that big push to change a bunch of stuff. And like you know, you alluded to, I don't like the changes they made. Some of them were good, but overall, balance-wise, it ruined it, made it less fun, made it not less fun, made it zero fun. Uh, at least in Galleons, uh, sloop mode is still good. Yeah, and, um, and, and I think that's that's the problem. Is we did play the duo sloops together a few times, Jeff, and it it was a blast. It was still a blast. Yeah, the um, sloops is still good. The Galleon mode's way out of balance. And yeah. It's just not fun, and also it just wasn't fun trying to get into a match because you know i i mentioned like never had the time for arena part of that is because you would spend 40 minutes in the lobby waiting for a match to start and then you would get merged into a, another lobby and and you were waiting and the crews would drop out and you were still waiting and then you're like well let's quit and then just try again and it, it just was was a grind just getting in there at all and, and then, you know, then then it's like, how well are you going to perform? Um, there's all these variables. So it's just like the the arena was born. It's funny you mentioned like the launch of Sea of Thieves itself and how barebone it was. Because the promise for Sea of Thieves, I think, is what enticed everybody. Like, yes, we knew it was barebones, but that didn't matter because we knew how like it could evolve over time. We knew what the plans were. So it was just the base of the game and where we're going to go from there. That's the exciting part. Like we didn't care those bare bones because it was just the beginning. Uh, so there's a lot, lot of us that believed in it from the start um, because the core mechanics were so wonderful. It was such a good idea. And the arena was kind of born out of the show floor model of that, the, what they had at its very first playable E3 experience when, you know, we got to go to Rare and play it. That's what we were playing was that build of Sea of Thieves where it was designed for 
ship to ship combat and like close proximity. And obviously it was a little bit more evolved than that, but it was still the same principle. And Sea of Thieves was so much fun, even in that form where you were just encountering other crews and firing at them and trying to sink them. And, and, you know, you didn't have everything else. You didn't have skellies. You didn't have, you know, necessarily the island exploration that you have now. And, um, so that's what was fun about Arena was kind of getting back to that really early form of like, let's show this to the public, which was a fun game in its own right. And so I really liked it and I, and they changed it and then I didn't like it as much, especially in Galleons, but it, there was still something there and it's just, it's just a shame. And I know right. like Cameron and I have been struggling because we are, the aforementioned completionist and now there will always be this aspect of sea of thieves we are never able to complete and it, it's kind of like um this life lesson handed down to us from daddy rare from daddy and mama rare uh to you know like well you know you're you're gonna have to make your peace with this or you're just gonna have to stop playing sea of thieves are you gonna be so discouraged that you're gonna stop playing sea of thieves you little baby and it's like, no, no, I'm not. Uh, and so, you know, it's kind of reframing the way you think about the game because it's it's not like, unless I'm Briegel and I somehow have all the time sitting in the Taco Bell drive-thru to do everything in the game that I possibly can, uh, I'm not going to be able to, not with a busy adult life, not with running uh, a website, and uh, you know, that, that, fo- that covers the news of the shared rare universe. Uh, I don't have time to play rare games as much as I would like. So, Sea of Thieves is, it's less about what you get done, getting done everything. And, you know, in a living game, that's just really not feasible, but it's about what your pirate does accomplish, the, the stories that are made along the way. And it's like the Grogmanet tankard, you know, you can hold it up. And even if you don't have that first etch on it, it doesn't invalidate your experience, you know? Um, and that's what I'm trying to tell myself with Arena. Well, even if I only got to the level 35 in Arena, even if I only got these commendations done, um, you know, that that doesn't may mean my pirate's a failure. Doesn't mean I failed at Sea yeah. of Thieves. Yeah, and see, the, I, I, my whole perspective on it is is from a different angle because I know that for some of you, uh, some of it is just uh, uh, being upset because of a FOMO. Uh, mm. aspect of of the missing out on on uh rewards on cosmetics whereas for me i played arena every every tuesday night for like well over a year i i leveled up to level 50 in like two two months yeah. back in 2019 and um so for me my perspective on it is i'm not upset because of missing out on a cosmetic i am upset that a mode that i liked is gone yeah but i'm not that upset because to me that mode has been dead for over a year now i've had time to i've had time to come to grips with that i haven't played the arena um regularly since they changed it because (laughs) in my opinion it wasn't fun to play anymore and my entire group that played it with me i had a group that played every month or i mean uh, every tuesday every week they stopped playing the of thieves at all Mm -hmm. when the arena mode changed like they don't play Sea of Thieves anymore because that's what we played, and now it, it, so for me, I have already come to grips with the arena mode being dead because to me, it's basically been dead for over a year. 
Now the question, I mean, if anyone in the audience is like, well, why are they removing it? Why take out content? It's uh, the thing is that for them, it's still, even if they don't add anything new to it, even if they don't improve on it or change anything, it still is taking up a lot of development resources on their end just to keep it running and working. Because if they change anything in adventure mode, anything they add to adventure mode is going to have knock-on effects in arena mode and they're going to have to do all this QA to make sure it's still working and fix new bugs that come up. The way I likened it in an analogy is like, if you are doing plumbing work in a duplex, you know, apartment and you shut off the water, or if you're doing electrical work in the duplex apartment and you're working on one side of the house, you're still going to affect the people living in the other side of the house. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you know, to me, I've already come to peace with the mode being gone. I don't care about the cosmetics going away. Um, that's, I know, I know people who do and that's, that's, you know, that's fine. I, it's not me, but, um, it's just, uh, like I said at the start, it's just, uh, a shame. It's too bad that it went this way. It's not really anybody's fault. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. We've now it's time to move on. This is kind of the, the part of a living, evolving game that you don't think about too often is, mm-hmm. Uh, when do you have to cut out parts of the past in order to keep moving into the future? Because Sea of Thieves will continue to evolve, and um, this is really the first time we've had like any friction with that. Yeah, and and like you said, I I enjoyed Arena when I could play it. You know, when you were able to get into it, and before they really altered uh, at least the Galleon gameplay. So I I do mourn it, but I think what you described was almost like when you have an older loved one who's suffering from dementia, and then they finally pass, and it's just like, well, they've been gone for a while now anyway. Like <laughs> you know, like this this is just puts it puts it at peace. This just you know, um, there's no vestigial bodily hanging on. They're it's just gone now. And um, I think for the long run, it's a good thing. You know, I I can say like, oh, I wish they would have like officially made a statement like a year ago and said, hey, you know early 2022 we're, we're going to be getting rid of arena so you know get your licks in now because what you know maybe that would just drive further engagement arena and then they would look at those metrics and be like why are we getting rid of this uh this mode this, this is popular we can't get rid of this and then they say it's sticking around and then everybody stops playing you know it, i understand why they did it this way but it still hurt a little bit and it's still took a while to come to grips with i still haven't completely come to grips with it i'm trying though uh, i'm trying i'm trying to reframe the way i view sea of thieves it's not banjo kazooie i i don't get every fucking jiggy you know it, it, it is what it is um and i think if i didn't have Briegel in my life to show me that it is technically possible uh it would be easier on me so <laughs> yeah uh, and and there is still hope that um, I, I have hope that elements of of what the arena brought elements of the sea dog faction as characters as a as a group of people elements of the sea dog tavern as a place uh, I have hope that uh, that kind of stuff 
could get repurposed for a new use in the future well, within the adventure mode. Yeah, you know because I mean? that does before. I, I know we didn't want to go on and on and on about arena, but um, that does bring up an interesting question because it's not just Sea of Thieves, you know, multiplayer mode. I, I that's a misnomer because all of Sea of Thieves is multiplayer. It's it's a shared game, but you know what I mean. Like it's um, it, it's it's not just this like separate ancillary mode. There is built in lore around the arena it is a physical place on the map even if it's not physically taking place in the map if that makes any sense the sea dog tavern exists in a sea of thieves these characters demarco and lacetti uh were you know introduced in the comics by the way nobody's found the missing episode of the conversation season six yet be the first to find it and at me on twitter with the location and you will win the first appearance of demarco and lacetti about to be removed from sea of thieves autographed by the <laughs> author uh anyway uh you know what? What's going to happen to them? What's going to happen to the sea dogs? There is this whole like plot, uh, like B plot, uh, with like this mutiny happening within the sea dogs. Um, and, and like, will that come into play? How will that tie into you know their their father, uh, the pirate lord? Um, I I don't know, but um, it'd be interesting to see because you know this isn't a team of people. This this these aren't a team of creators who like to just abandon things and then forget about them. It's not going to be like they're just going to disappear from the canon. Um, they w- Yeah, well, in, in a way, it opens them up to do new things with those characters that yeah. they maybe c- couldn't do before. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I don't think that they necessarily planned for this to happen uh, at this time. Like, that, I think that it's a decision that they maybe put off for as long as they could and maybe decided... You know, pulling that trigger and removing a whole mode, it must have been an agonizing decision. Um, but it also doesn't seem like that they were maybe prepared for it in terms of we're going to remove it and we're going to immediately replace it with this. Yeah. There is no replacement. But I do think that in time, you give them a year uh, and you see what comes in the next following seasons. Uh, they will probably find some new repurposed use for the Sea Dogs Tavern, for the Sea Dogs Company, for maybe, you know, implementing those characters and stuff back into the game world in a new function that we didn't know about before or that we didn't have before yeah so that's it that's all i have to say about the arena no more no more nuts to crack um there's one last thing that happened kind of a surprise at the end of the season in season five yeah they added the cutthroat weapons we already talked about uh, that no 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 i'll not that there's more. Oh, uh, we got a, a little event you, you alluded to. Uh, they 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 um, put out a YouTube preview that was like Sea of Thieves in 2022 kind of preview. This is like they, they gave like a roadmap and they explained new kind of ways that they're going to be telling story in Sea of Thieves and progressing the story. And the, the first of that began with season five towards the tail end. It, it's surprising it started with season five because you would feel like this is what would launch season six. And when they announced this, they announced it right alongside the arena closure and all the bad vibes with that. So I like misread the dates and I was like, okay, this is starting, um, you know, early March or whatever. And then I like looked again. I was like, wait, why? It, it's starting before season six uh, that doesn't make any sense all right um but yeah it, it's the first sea of thieves adventure um 
And these kind of harken back to those time-limited events in the first year of the game, like the Hungering Deep and um, Cursed Sails, and, and, you know, where you would have something happening within the game world that would be a limited time thing. Like, if you don't experience it, then in, in the present, in the moment, then you... We'll just miss it. You, uh, it, it but it, it's it's something they got away from with the tall tales and um, the kind of events. The um, but I think they've returned to it probably because they realized it was too hard to tell, to tell an ongoing narrative um, in a more evergreen fashion. Yeah, and so I think that this is the natural evolution of Sea of Thieves. Um, the, the, the evolution of 2021 was getting onto this seasonal format, this season's, uh, schedule, but the evolution that 2022 is bringing us is if you're going to be a living game with a living, breathing world, with an evolving narrative that carries on year after year, you really need to have that narrative play out in game regularly and not just in these giant released evergreen chunks like, uh, a drop of five tall tales here that can be replayed forever. Um, you know, if you're going to tell, if you're going to have a living game that can evolve, you need to take advantage of that medium and, and things that only a living game can do. And part of that is, uh, telling story that evolves over time and it evolves the world. It changes the environment. It can give the game temporary game states, uh, for this month only, the game world is like this, and that's not meant to be a permanent change, but it's going to change up how the game is now, and you get to experience that now, and then maybe next month we have some new, interesting, different uh, thing we're going to do with the world. And it's going to evolve, and you're going to see how the islands change and the world changes and the characters change. And that is what they're doing here. They've dabbled in that in the past, but this is them saying, no, this is now a concrete part of the game every yeah. single month they're going to have a story called an adventure and these are going to evolve the world they're going to introduce kind of when new gameplay is coming in with the season the adventures will have the story of well why what brought that new gameplay here yeah when there's a new fort or whatever this adventure is the story of how did that fort get here why is it here and, um, that and, kind of thing. And I think um, when I got away from this with the Tall Tales, I commended it because I was like, as much fun as the Hungering Deep was, um, I I would much rather prefer, prefer an evergreen thing in there so, you know, new players can experience it. And now that we've kind of gone back to the uh, original method, um, maybe in a more scaled down fashion, time will tell, but um yeah, I mean I, I I really don't have a problem with it because as much as I do love the tall tales, uh I still have greater memories of the Hungering Deep, of um that experience being a limited thing. Um it, it I think it made it more special. Uh and it felt like it had more stakes for the game world. And that's no slight against the tall tales. It just having sat with both now for a couple of years, I I think you can make a greater impact, especially with a living game, 
with these time-limited things. So I go back and forth on it. I waffle, but um, I, I, I quite like what they're doing, and I'm quite excited to see where they take these throughout 2022. Yeah, so the way my perspective on it is uh, I like it if they kind of generally stick to two sort of rules. Uh, one being the same the same thing we said earlier about the live events. As long as this is something I can experience in about like one session yeah. and I don't ha- ever feel like the game is driving me t- to feel like I'm in a grind uh, to, to meet a deadline... There's a lot of stuff you can grind in Sea of Thieves, but it's all like un- unlimited, not time limited. So it's like, yeah, you need to get 50, you need to clear the Ford of the Damned 50 times, but you don't have to do it in a month. You can you can do that <laughs> over you can do that over the course of the whole rest of the lifetime of the game um, until they decide to remove the Ford of the Damned and, and we all cry. On, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, but, um, yeah, it could happen. But um if you're going to make me grind something, don't make it time limited. And if you're going to make something time limited, don't make it feel like a grind. Don't make hey, it feel like, that, Oh, that, I really, that's the tagline on the, my Lodestar channel. how did you know? No. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I just, I just don't want to feel like, uh, we're planning extra sessions in the week, moving our schedule around yeah. because we're frantically trying to figure out how are we going to have time to finish this before it goes away. I don't like that feeling. I don't need that. Um, and, and when I that's said one rule, when I said, it, oh, well, I, I will let you get to your second rule um, for dating, oh, dating your teenage daughter. But I just wanted to say, like, um, when I said it was like maybe scaled down a bit from what the Hungering Deep was, when I played this first adventure, it did feel more digestible than the the huge kind of uh, almost like apocalyptic scenario that something like Cursed Sales felt like. And well, Curse Sales was even worse because you had specific times of the day you had to do things. So it's basically like, hey, just abandon your life. I don't care what you have going on. Sea of Thieves is your life now. Um, yeah, that was rough. That one was total total investment time, way too much, and it scheduled times of day. That was the worst. Yeah, I didn't feel like that was the case with this first adventure, and I, I don't know where the adventure is going to go after this, but. It did feel more thoughtful in that regard. So, yeah. So, rule number one: just don't make it feel like a grind. If it's going to be time limited, let me do it at a leisurely pace and feel like I can get it done in the time frame without being frantic. Rule number two: if you're going to make something time limited, uh, it either has to be uh, very inconsequential or. Uh, very consequential. <laughs> oh, now, okay. let me, Glad we cleared But that not up. in the middle. Okay. So what I mean by that is, um, if you have a time-limited live event that's like, go do the Festival of Fishing and catch enough fish in a month, that feels very inconsequential, and I won't be upset if I miss it. Um, so if it's very inconsequential and it's time-limited, that's fine. That's good. Um, on the flip side... Uh, if you're going to make it time limited, make it very consequential in that it's the kind of thing that could only be time limited. There's no way to make it evergreen. For example, um, right now the story is that Golden Sands, blo- or Golden Sands Outpost is destroyed, right? 
if you have plans for that outpost in the future that you're going to change things about it and maybe bring that outpost back or change it into something else, then you just justified why is this time limited? It's mm-hmm. justified. There's a good reason that this was time limited because the world had to change. Yeah. Um, for me, the hungering deep, there's nothing really that justifies that being time limited because there wasn't really any world change that needed to be there. You know what I mean? Like, I think that it makes sense for something to be time limited. If it's the kind of thing that can't be evergreen. Right. Other, otherwise, why make it time limited? Right. Then so make don't, it a tall tale. Yeah, don't make anything arbitrarily time limited just for the sake of gating off content and driving engagement. Um, which is, I, I would think I want all of them to be con- very consequential in the sense that it had to be time limited because the world is changing around it and we can't go back because you can't just keep 50 different world states all like preserved on different servers. So you can't have Golden Sands outposts exist and not exist. If one of them has to be true, which means that this event has to end. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I would like them to lean with it is if you're going to be time limited, which they are, they're going to have one of these once every month. Um, really lean into the ev- evolving, changing world aspect of it. And that is why it's time limited because we can't make that evergreen. And it is, and that would force them to explore really interesting and creative uh avenues i think of narrative like things that they haven't done before as much um you know and and so now let's talk in specifics about this first adventure the shrouded islands because i just brought up they destroyed my home heil yeah it it would be like nintendo saying uh we're burning down the vegetation on donkey kong island and i would be like oh well great now my name doesn't make any sense for my website um and that would be the, that's what rare did to you so congratulations <laughs> i uh i'd like to think it's not personal because yeah. like they couldn't they couldn't get rid of an outpost that has a tall tail on it otherwise that tall tail wouldn't happen so they had to get rid of one that did not have a tall tail that only leaves a couple options on the other hand i kind of wish it was personal because it would mean that they know who i am right but but anyway, yeah, Golden Sands blog post is now a defunct blog that doesn't make sense. Um well you have you have you updated? I haven't I haven't I haven't visited it since the uh the adventure, but have you uh, updated it to reflect it being destroyed? Like have you changed Yes. The, you have. That the header image is now the newly destroyed Golden Sands in the green fog. Nice. It is very it is very um uh depressing yeah but in a good way i think it's cool it's a good look i think i've uh, targeted why you have seasonal affective disorder it's because you you can't get any sunshine from your own blog yeah they destroyed my namesake um so yeah the story in the game right now is that uh flameheart captain flameheart has seemingly kind of retreated from um haunting over islands and, and attacking them with his fleets of ghost ships mm-hmm. um uh, but as he's kind of retreated from that position, uh, a mysterious ghostly fog has started spreading across islands around the seas, including Golden Sands Outpost. And that outpost in particular uh, was in, invaded by some kind of invading force, which it left it in a state of shambles and disarray. And all of the residents of that outpost have been turned up missing they're they're gone they're kidnapped oh all except the skelly in the cage above the reaper's table 
Yeah, oh. and the dog that is boarded up inside the pirate board. <laughs> right. I hope they left water uh, and some food. Uh, like, I hope that they have one of those feeders that, like, dispenses. I'm assuming food. that that fog really condenses, um, you know, that fog inside there just starts to condense on the mirrors and glass and just drips down so the dog can, like, lick the glass to get water. I know. Does what that if- work? Yeah, because every time I take a really hot shower and I'm like, oh, I'm so dehydrated, I just start licking the mirror afterward. Mm. Yeah, a little, little insight into my morning routine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really effective. And this is what you could only accomplish with maybe a time limit. Because I assume Golden Sands Outpost will return to its natural state at some point. But, you know, I alluded to uh, the apocalyptic vibes of cursed sails and they're like the residents of the outpost were like freaking out about these new newly uh arisen skelly armadas and you know the skellies were like put up a like a warning on the outpost and everybody was like leaving their their stations all the shopkeepers were like just milling about and it was just this sense of chaos you know like a hyrule castle town seven years later in ocarina of time kind of thing and here in golden sands outpost you've got like the the tavern is abandoned and, and it's it, the lights are off like there are no candles lit and it's just the eeriest feeling to be in there and and george the mysterious stranger is no longer there you know uh, and just this feeling of like what happened here, like taking the familiar and making it unsettling. And Golden Sands Outpost was one of the most inviting outposts in the game. You know, um, well, there's a reason that I named my blog after it, and that's um, probably the reason why yeah. they targeted this in game is because taking the sunniest outpost and turning it into this ethereal uh, wasteland. Yeah, good, good contrast. They they knew how to tug at my. Uh... At my tension strings there, but um, yeah, so it's not just a, a st- uh, like a change to the state of the world. There is a adventure to go on here. Uh, it's a, a small one, uh, mm-hmm. but it basically is just, just like a bite-sized vignette of story to kind of lead us into season six and what's to come. Yeah. Um, so we kind of uh, the big the big uh, I think headline item here is that the character Bell is now in the game. And Bell was a character that was uh, advertised a lot kind of in uh, Mm pre-release build-up to the game and is kind of the last big character that has never showed up in the game uh, from that period of time. Right. um, I think we first learned about her at E3 2017. She had a statue commissioned, and we were like, who is this? Uh, of course, E3 2017 was still before the game was out. And so it it was, um, you know, trying to learn all we could about the game and how it was going to be structured and, and whatnot. And, you know, it's funny, you know, we finally got to this point because I feel like we thought a lot of it would be kind of like the adventures um, or the Hungering Deep beforehand. And then we kind of took an intermission on those for the tall tales and everything else. But... Yeah, Bell, uh, and then, by the way, that's Bell, B-E-L-L-E, um, not to be confused with the other Bells in the lore. Diving, diving Bell, diving B-E-L. Bell, B-E-L, and I think there's, is there another Bell, or is it just, is that? I think it's just the two. Just the two, and then there's just, yeah, the, the ship bells. Are you thinking, are you thinking of Salty? 
Why would I be thinking because, of salty? Well, you you shouldn't be. That's why it's like <laughs> that wouldn't be a. That's not a bell at all. I, I don't know. That's I thought you were going guy. somewhere with it because because salty really rings my bell. Like I don't. I don't hey, I don't, right, know. I don't that, know. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, but it just had the cadence of meaning something. I think that uh, like. I I was confused, but I thought the two bells were supposed to be the same. I thought they just changed the spelling when I got the uh, Tales from the Sea of Thieves book. Um, And so I just pictured that bell being the bell from the statue. And now I have to separate those characters in my mind. It's like um, Nintendo saying, no, no, the modern Donkey Kong isn't Donkey Kong Jr. And I'd be like, damn it. I have to just divorce years of accumulated headcanon now. Thank you. But... Yeah, it's um, it, it's this character that was uh, bandied about in in statue form, in in artwork, um, and we we finally intru- uh, get introduced to her. She is um, uh, a revenant, um, which is um, well, she's got the glowing eye similar to George, the mysterious stranger, and Gloria, the mysterious stranger, who is no longer in the game. But um, the the, the she'll be back. These mis- I'd bet on it. These mysterious, uh, I think, uh, associates of the pirate lord, uh, Ramsey, who ha- they hang out in the taverns and assist you in your becoming a pirate legend, you know. And um, so we don't really know what Belle is, but um, they even incorporated her buoy, the buoy she's, her statue is on. Uh, it appears uh, next to the islands she's hanging out on in this adventure. Yeah, I think they said in maybe a tweet or something, because they kind of sometimes they'll expand on lore with just a disposable tweet on Twitter.com, um, which you can find by Googling on a search engine. Um, but they just said something like uh, she can teleport to any island that has one of her buoys. Oh, OK. So, so that's how she gets around, I guess. I don't know how the buoys get there. Um, pro- presumably they arrive through some kind of little spectral portal as anything from the Sea of the Damned does. Um, but, well, yeah, it's unclear if she's a ghost or if she's more of a revenant. Uh, and we know that she is much older than basically the rest of the pirates. Like, Mike Chapman said she's, like, maybe 300 years old or something. And so she has this knowledge of the Sea of the Damned greater than kind of even the pirate lord. Mm-hmm. And um, we're we kind of just get a little taste here. We don't really know where the story is going. We don't know a lot about her yet, but we know that she is investigating these goings on and she wants us to investigate for her. Right. What is up with this fog? What is Flameheart up to? Yeah. And, and Flameheart is off the board now. He is, um, cause he has been a world event, uh, similar to forts, uh, Skelly uh, ship battles and, uh, Ashen Lords. And then there's been the Flameheart battles, Flameheart in the sky. You know, he, he's taunting you with his insults, his, his shtick. Um, but uh, that that's posed the problem ever since uh, the tall tale that introduced Flameheart into the game. Finally, it's OK, well, now Flameheart is this world event. We can't really progress the Flameheart story if he's just a continual part of the game. Well, now he's not. Now he has receded from those uh, world event battles and you can still access uh, the fight against the Burning Blade and therefore, you know, get a notch in those commendations if you haven't done them by the the highest tier ship voyages, uh, ghost ship 
battles you can buy from the Order of Souls. Uh, so, like, that stuff, that content hasn't been lost like the arena. Just the method of uh, experiencing it has been well, lost. Well, yeah, I don't, you, don't, you don't hear Flameheart shouting his no. lines at you. That stuff is gone. But that's, but, that, that's, that's yeah. just more an aesthetic thing. The actual fundamentals are still there. It's just... Um, yeah. yeah, you have to be, um, what level 50, um, at least I, it it's maybe it's level 75 okay. to get the top tier. Okay. I'm not but, sure, but, but uh, it, it's still accessible. Yeah. Um, you just, you know, you just can't experience them naturally in game anymore, but yeah, so this is cool right away when they said we're taking these out that immediately excited me more than any kind of loss. Like, like it, I didn't feel like we're losing something. I feel like we're opened up possibilities because it, like you said, as long as that like world event was there, it felt like Flameheart's story can't have an ending. It can't really progress to a point where he gets, you know, maybe he'll get a body someday because right now he's just a ghost head. Right. But he, he can't have a body if he's stuck being a ghost head and we can't, you know, defeat him and, and, you know, defeat his forces if he is still just a ghost head. So like, you would hope that every time they build up a story, you're building up to eventually an ending. And now, and who knows how long it will take to you get to that ending, maybe years, but you want that ending to happen. You know what I mean? You want it to build up to a point where we can actually defeat Flameheart. And now it feels like we're taking a step in that direction. He's actually actively um, furthering his plans in the sea of thieves and yeah. his advance it, it kind of uh sort of rendered flameheart inert like i i didn't feel there was any threat to him i didn't feel i wasn't intrigued by him anymore just kind of annoying honestly uh when when he became the world event and just stayed at the world event and and now i can be re um invested in what happens with flameheart because i feel like there is um a narrative being propelled there. So uh, you, you could see the end of Flameheart entirely in Sea of Thieves, which uh, is, is exciting. So, yeah. Yeah, so Bell sends us on a quest. We go out to explore other shrouded islands, specifically Shipwreck Bay, and using the Flame of Souls, which is um, the flame that you can get from the Sea of the Damned that lets you basically re-experience ghostly memories kind of watch replays of, of events that have happened. We go around lighting these beacons and watching these little vignettes of story. And then we fight a battle with some phantoms, including a soul flame captain, which is f- interesting because that was one of those silly pirate emporium cosmetics that didn't really have any lore behind it. Right. And now, now they've actually said, no, that is a character in the lore. That's a type of, um, boss in the lore that you can which, encounter, which might mean we'll see the jackalooter at some point, or the the Krampus type uh, the, the, uh, the uh, Ruby Splash Tail Man. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, that would be fun. But uh, yeah, so it's it's a pretty simple little quest. You go and light beacons and fight phantoms. You defeat a boss. It, they do this cool moment when you're in the boss fight where they spawn in these ghostly cannons that weren't there before. And then you can use the cannons against the enemy waves. Oh yeah. And, um, and ghost barrels. Now I know what you're thinking. Ghost barrels. You th- oh you think, snap. Yeah. You think they're like the ghost barrels from Donkey Kong country three. No, they're, they're, they're just ghost barrels, barrels that are ghostly. They're not like well, these, 
these are not barrels that are possessed by a spirit. These are barrels that are manifested by the memory of spirits. Right. So let's They're memories of barrels. Right. So memories so, of barrels. Yeah. Oh, oh, the the ghost I could make with my memories of barrels. Me- memories of barrels just sounds like a, a very middling Paul McCartney solo album. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> from the 90s or something yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's after flaming pie but before his classical album standing stone <laughs> um yeah so it's a it's a fun little fight there's not a whole lot to this story here there is like uh, a, a bit of a plot twist in there where um the servant of the flame uh who is kind of the running the reaper's bones trading company um is revealed to be Flameheart Jr. Flameheart Jr. from uh, the Tales from the Sea of Thieves book. So that was a, really, if you're invested in the lore, that is a big kind of uh, hanging plot thread for a long time. Uh, the book made mention that there's a Flameheart Jr. who also turns into a skeleton, and there was a Flameheart Sr. And so for a long time, when Flameheart came into the game, it wasn't exactly clear, is this Flameheart Sr. or is this Flameheart Jr.? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was revealed yes it's senior it has been senior the whole time uh, but then that just begs the question where's junior like where's donkey kong junior <laughs> as the as the donkey kong fans keep asking um the nintendo donkey kong fans not the rare donkey kong fans. <laughs> we know we know because we know we know what's going on but uh yeah so yeah flameheart junior's been here actually for some time as this kind of reconstructed disembodied uh I don't know really what you call these constructs that are the Reaper's Bones Tinker Toy people or whatever. Well, we don't even really know what's going on with him because he's like covered from head to toe, you know? Yeah, but it he speaks with two voices out of his mouth. You know what I mean? Like two yeah. overlapping kind of... Anyway, like, it's, like one it's of those, interesting. Like one of those politicians on Capitol Hill. Holy moly. Uh, I don't... <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do any politics right now. Highlands. I'm still in the seasonal effective. Thing. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, uh, I didn't mean to get too controversial there. You know. Yeah, come on, Hyle. Let's. We just lost a viewer. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got a, a lo- They moved the story forward a little bit. They let us do uh, a fun little battle with some phantoms. Um, it was nothing too consequential, but really, the big. I think the big part of it was just seeing Golden Sands Outpost in, you know, destruction, seeing the aftermath, and yeah. then not knowing, you know, where's it going to go next? It's seeding a story that is yet to finish. By the way, Golden Sands and, Outpost yeah. is still destroyed. Uh, we passed the adventure now, and it's it's still in ruins. That is true. And so uh, we're hopefully going to get some more development on that throughout Season 6. These adventures are going to happen every month. Uh, they also said they're going to do mysteries every season, which are more, I guess we'll talk about that when, when we do a season yeah. six wrap up, cause we don't have one of those yet, but, um, yeah, it's, I, I'm excited about it. I actually did go through a little low period throughout this season where I was feeling, uh, a, you know, not as invested in blogging about sea of thieves, mm. not as invested in playing sea of thieves. And then the stuff that they did at the end of season five and going into season six really brought me back in. Just when I think I'm out, they bring me screaming back in and I'm as excited as ever for where it's going 
Um, yeah, I, I think like I, I was going through the low period too during the three weeks where I really couldn't play the game. And um, I think like having the adventures and I think having the narrative finally be driven forward in a continually propulsive way uh, rather than the stop, start, stop, start kind of method. And then your mind focuses more on the grind, the grind of commendations, the grind of I, I've got to have all of these uh, these numbers up to their highest. I've got to have every check mark checked. Uh, that becomes the game for you. And that's not the game. And I think this actually will help soothe the loss of the arena and the, the FOMO that goes on with, you know, losing those commendations and, and everything uh, that that comes with that. I think having just the, the story of Sea of Thieves finally be being told in a consistent, timely manner and getting to experience that with my friends will really help uh, get me over that hump and in a new way of thinking about the game. So I am also very excited. Hell yeah. Yeah. Now we so do- I think that's really all I have to say about that, except uh, what what were you about to say? Oh, uh, we have a call. We, we actually have a call. We have about, a call? We have a call about Sea of Thieves, yeah. So, we have a call? Um, now, Jeff, I, I told you, I was like, hey, we have a call, and you were like, neat. I think that those were your words. And uh, I wonder if you're still going to think it's neat after we play it. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, this is Jeff's friend, G-Mentor. Um... So a while back, me and Jeff were talking about how much we enjoy seeing Animorphs and shit. So I was wondering, um, like, do you think that would be a valuable update for uh, CF themes? Because um, you know we like we like when animals are realistic, um, and for the next season, do you think that could be a good way to move forward and to focus on the animals so that we can see them pissing and shitting? Um, thank you. Yeah, so G-Man and I, that's G-Man, sir. That's my friend, G-Man. Um, first of all, thank you for the call. Um, you, you notice I didn't claim G-Man as my friend, too. I've been very defensive and argumentative about that the entire episode. You don't get him. I'm, I'm, letting, I'm letting you claim G-Man. So G-Man, sir, our friend, friend of the show, friend of DK Vine. Um, we were talking about how, uh, you know, we love animals pissing and shitting. I, I'm going to run with the bit and say that that happened. Uh, sure. And should it be an update? I don't know. I don't know if that could be a whole update because you probably, you know, Heil, you and I have talked about uh, being able to milk the animals. Yeah. Now that's my dream. Yeah. Yeah. Milking the animals. So I think that if you add in milk, now we have an update. Now we have a season because just the, just, just the, you know, just animals pissing and shitting. That's not a whole update. People are going to complain there's not enough content in that. Yeah. There's not enough content. Um, but, you know, if you actually could milk them, you could then sell the milk. You could set up little stands alongside the islands, you know, um, pig milk. You know, I just think it would it would give a reason for people to do the Merchant Alliance voyages again. If when you were catching the animals, if they were pissing and shitting uh, and then maybe maybe you slip on it and you like you accidentally step on a, a you know a, a mud pie that they dropped on your deck of your ship and you step on it and then you slide forward like six feet like you're sliding through a slippery and then you fall down the stairs yeah. little slapstick moment you know yeah and drive they love their slapstick drive engagement with the perverts that's what we've been saying you know this this yes yeah I, I, we all, and then, you know, that just, we're not going to make the slurping noise. 
<laughs> I did it anyway. But uh, yeah, I think that milking, pissing, and shitting. It's it's one of those things I think with the team there. It's one of the it's a when, not an if. It's kind of when does this make sense? They've got other things, and they they will get around to it. So thank you for the call. This has been a file two production. Terrico. <laughs> <laughs>